When I'm doing TV and I got 18, God damn it. Can't everybody stop for 10 minutes? I mean, everybody seems that that's the only, everybody can we stick, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's not that much to ask. Is that when everybody has to move when I'm trying to concentrate? Jesus. And these guys thought I was a pain. I mean, it's so rude. I can't believe it. That's it's so goddamn rude. Just why does everyone all of a sudden have to move? I've had two fucking hours to move around. Wait 10 minutes. Jesus. I'm sorry to explode by that, but that's it's like no one's ever worked on TV here before. <laughs> Jesus. Sucking under the kill. What the fuck do they think I'm doing? I, I really, I actually can't believe what I just saw. Not now. It's like no one here has worked on TV before. I hear a dial tone. And there were seven people, though. I mean, Jesus. We need to use the studio for 15 fucking minutes. Just everybody, you know. Welcome to South Philly's only podcast with your hosts, Marky Mark and Tony Nicky Jr. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now on the mark. And this is the NFL offseason special, The Conversation. It's an early spring night here at Skyfall Studios, and frankly, it's a a little more quiet than usual, because my esteemed colleague and co-host, the great Tony Nicky Jr., is out in Vegas on business for none other than March Madness. According to him, he's started off hot, and I'm sure he's looking to carry that into this weekend with the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 matchups. Riding shotgun with me tonight is my producer, Benny the Bear Jew Spielberg. Benny, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Marky. I gotta say, Tony's got a comfy chair up here. Yeah, he's got a good setup. He's got a good setup. And uh, you know him. He always needs the best. Yeah, what is this, Tempur-Pedic or something? This is beautiful. What is that, velvet? Something along those lines, yeah. I think it's more of a, a custom type of thing, but that would, you know, when he calls in, we'll ask. I need to get in touch with his people, because this is too comfy for me to go back to my one. Yeah, yeah, you were... Uh, you were like, what's his face in office space when they put him in the basement? Yeah, essentially. I'm, I'm mumbling about my stapler. <laughs> right, right, right. My stapler. So, gang, tonight we're going to be honing in on the, on the NFL offseason, the moves, some rule changes, uh, some teams moving, of course, and uh, there's a lot to delve into with that. We're going to do a 32-team first-round mock draft where we got all the on-the-mark insiders phoning in from their respective cities, going to give us their team's pick, what it's looking like at this point. Obviously, a lot can change, but, uh, you know, we'll roll with the punches regardless. And the reason I'm doing this episode at the point in time where we're releasing it is for one simple reason. I cannot stand the product the NBA is putting out right now. 
these players taking big big time Saturday night matchups off uh, and then make you know thinking of every excuse in the book for it you know it's bad when a players guy Adam Silver who's known to put the players first is sending out memos to the teams that they may be exposed to fines if they don't give enough notice for their stars not playing in certain games it's a really tricky situation gang and the NBA is gonna have to figure that out because it's a weak product right now it's cost ESPN a ton of money ESPN is losing talent because of the contract they have with the NBA that they can't retain their talent on air it's an ugly ugly situation I don't know if they need to shorten the season uh, you know they got to explore anything in any way possible to enhance that league because for all those superstars it's falling apart they need to get it back to where it was there's no juice in the NBA you know what I mean Ben I hear you Mark I I don't necessarily like shortening the NBA season I'll tell you a great solution that I've heard talked about and that is shortening the preseason to only one maybe two games that eliminates maybe eight games that these guys have to play in the preseason you get an extra week you can give them more off days you don't have these many back-to-back -back nights these really bad situations for these teams yeah yeah i hear you i mean look whatever they got to do you know i'd like to see more physicality in the game but they're taught you know like we had in the 80s the 90s even the early 2000s now these guys need more off time more downtime in a less physical league i mean maybe these guys have to take a look at themselves and how they're training their bodies in the offseason i mean back in the day guys used to not pick up a basketball for a month or two that's what chris broussard said our good friend chris broussard over there at fs1 i mean let's be honest marky most of these guys know it's a two horse race maybe three horse race at best if you like the spurs or the rockets but everybody knows golden state is more than likely going to play the Cavs, and the Cavs are almost definitely going to be in the finals so when you're on one of these teams that's not necessarily going to make it, and one of these teams that really has no shot at making it, what do you care if you're a nine seed or you're a seven seed and you play for an extra week? Does it really matter? Are you really fighting that hard? In which case, the NBA regular season means less when you don't have these great matchups like you used to have in the 90s. Like I said, Ben, I I'm open to anything. I'm open to anything. The league needs to be enhanced. The league needs to be improved. It it's friggin' falling apart, if you ask me. I'm telling you, I'm more intrigued by mock drafts, spring training baseball, and free agency acquisitions than I am with March, February, April NBA basketball. It, it just sucks right now. So, gang... All our VIP listeners out there, that's why we're having the NFL conversation on this episode. It's a must. It's a total must. Now, speaking of ESPN and losing talent, a lot of you guys know we branded this show on the mark as the anti-ESPN. We're not looking to sugarcoat anything. We're not looking to mix politics and sports. They're two totally separate entities. Sports doesn't have to transcend everything in society. Sports are sports, politics are politics, so on and so forth. Two totally different things. You know, I like chocolate and I like steak. Doesn't mean I like them together, right? Absolutely. 
And uh, so there's a ton, ton to delve into here. We got all our on-the-mark insiders all across the country calling in tonight for a 32-team mock draft. We're going to run through this thing. We know it's early yet. We know we got some, a ways to go before the draft at the Art Museum right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in late April, April 27th. Uh, we got a little ways to go, but we're going to start breaking it down. And... Uh, we got a lot of good info to reveal to you guys, a lot of good tidbits, and uh, our sources as well all across the country have the same. Benny, I'll tell you what, I every bone in my body told me don't watch SC6, mm. Sports Center at 6, with, with Michael Smith and, and Jamal Hill. And, uh, man, I, I gave it a shot for about 15 minutes. I could not stomach it, man. That, to me, isn't Sports Center. Sports Center, as we know it, is dead and gone. Uh, I didn't feel informed. I felt like it was a lot of nonsense. Uh, I am so totally, totally turned off by Sports Center. SC6, totally unwatchable, man. Yeah, right there with you, Marky. It is a brutal product, but I'll be honest, it's a decade going with me that Sports Center's been a brutal product. I've been preaching for about 10 years now a war on Sports Center because they took away the Sports Center that I used to love. That we, we all we all knew and loved. We all loved it, and that was a show based on sports highlights. Now, if there was a big story in sports, something that everybody cared about, we would spend time on it, and that would be great. If there was a huge Tiger Woods thing going on, we would talk about it. But guess what? Everybody's team at least got a 10 to 15 second highlight. You got to see something about your team. I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan, man. If I watch SportsCenter now, I'll never see a highlight. And they're actually good now. Yeah, you know what? And the, the fact of the matter is this. It was simply comedy and sports information. Now it's so much more. As many of the people said, it's the CNN of sports. It's all just... Uh, political-driven stuff, and it's insanity, man. I mean, people want their sports. People use sports as an escape. People use uh, sports as a, a vehicle to to enjoy a, another source of entertainment, so to speak. They don't need it for their daily information on all that political innuendo. Yeah, and I got two points. They turned it into a preview for six of their other shows. Yeah, how about all those? Yeah, I know. That just is mind-blowing. It's like WWE. How, how On Raw, they'll do all these replays, all these promos for other shows on the WWE Network or total spin-off shows on VH1 and this, that, and the yes. other. It's insane. SportsCenter does the same thing for their 500 channels. It's absolutely mind-blowing. I just watched PTI for 30 minutes, and I love PTI. Why now on SportsCenter are the guys back to discuss something they discussed for five minutes on PTI? Yeah. It's it, now Sports Center. Guys, anybody who's watched ESPN over the years and seen and has witnessed how the product has drastically changed totally understands now why we are the anti-ESPN. On the mark is the anti-ESPN. We don't want to be anything like that. We don't want to be anything like that, unfortunately. I would assume the big wigs over there, man, uh, would have had to... There had to be a lot of turnover at some point. 
uh, maybe when they merged with ABC and Disney, there had to be major turnover. The product is just so totally different. The problem is they lost their vision. I don't know if it was executives or not that were changed, but at the end of the day, they lost their vision of what they had in Sports Center. And let me tell you, you have a network called ESPN News. If you wanted to create a 24-hour news show with Sports Center, you have a channel devoted to that. Don't waste my two prime ESPNs with bogus news Sports Center when you have an ESPN News that you can waste that with. Right. Yeah, man. It, 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 it it's unheard of. So look, we're done. We're done talking about those guys over there now. Those guys and girls. We're done with that now. And uh, now it's about our, our VIP listeners. It's about this off season. It's about this draft right here in Philly. Very cool that it's back for the first time in decades. Um, first ever outdoor draft, entirely outdoors. I mean, you know, I'm going to do a, uh, you know, an anti-rain dance that week. I really hope it doesn't rain because that would totally take away from the event. You know how they'll do the red carpet up the Rocky steps, the art museum steps, the red carpet night, the night before the draft. And the whole thing, I mean, it's going to have to be tented and whatnot. It's going to be interesting to see how they do it. I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I'll be there. You know, we'll be there. It's going to be a lot of fun, gang. And uh, we're, we're, going to, we're going to break this thing down for you. So with that being said, in the 2017 On The Mark mock draft, the Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. Really love this draft this year. Really, really love this draft. Totally chock full of talent at a lot of cool positions. I guess the thinnest position this year is, shockingly, in, in today's football world, wide receiver. Really, you got Mike Williams and you got John Ross being mentioned as possible, you know, first-round picks, but not necessarily surefire top 10 guys. We know John Ross broke the 40 record, and we know Mike Williams ran a hell of a 40 time, 4-5 for his size and his skill set. But they're not surefire top 10 guys. Uh, Benny, you're looking at me all funny. What's up? Well, don't forget Corey Davis, the Western Michigan receiver. Yeah, yeah. He's like, a, he's like a bottom of the first round guy if. Could uh, definitely see him falling into the second round. I've seen him taken higher in a lot of mock drafts. Some questions on his health. So yeah. he is dropping, but I like him. A it, big talent. In all seriousness, don't overrate Corey Davis, man. He reminds me a little of Chad Ochocinco, the kid. Okay. And let, let me just say, folks, I despise Antonio Brown and that disgraceful sellout just to make a few dollars Facebook Live bullshit video he did after the win in uh, Kansas City in the playoffs. That was terrible. And it was so unbelievable because what Mike Tomlin was saying was like, let's stay in-house, let's keep this to ourselves, let's keep our mouths shut this week. And he's... Distancing himself from the team, looking at himself in the in the camera, saying, "Oh God bless," touching his face, touching his eyebrows, just saying, "God bless," and all this crazy, meaningless stuff. Facebook total sellout. Facebook sellout. Antonio Brown. I'm not a fan. Any grown man who scores a touchdown and immediately wants to twerk and then cry when he gets fined for twerking. That raises some, some suspicions for me. Facebook sellout, Antonio Brown. 
Yeah, the Facebook thing really rubbed me the wrong way, but I do like Antonio Brown, and as far as these guys dancing, you know, when you look at the amount of touchdowns even the best guys score, it's a shockingly small amount. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? You get there, Some, enjoy it. Sometimes they only touch the ball four, five, six times a game. You know, hey, hey it might be for a buck fifty. You know what I mean? But when you look back in history and you see a 10 to 12 year pro, a guy that you loved and thought was great, only have about 50 touchdowns in his career. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it really sets in that it, yeah. these guys don't get in the end zone much. So you know what? I've always been for them kind of enjoying themselves. Now there is a limit. Now, to Benny, it, not but... to cut you off, just oh. got the card. The pick oh. is in, gang. With the first overall pick in the 2017 on the mark mock draft, the lowly Cleveland Browns select. No surprise here. Texas A&M defensive end, Miles Garrett. Beast that guy is. And the 49ers are now on the clock. You know, I really, really, really like the running back crew in this draft. How can you not talk about versatility, talk about size and power? This draft has it all for the running backs in that department. Got to think it's a heavy, heavy safety draft. I mean, we haven't seen this many first-round projected safeties in, a, in, a, in quite some time. I mean, these are top 10 guys, too, at that. Yeah, I love this secondary group. Yeah, because we know because we know too how deep the cornerbacks are. Yeah, both corners, safeties. I, I love them both. Yeah, I mean you're seeing in a lot of mock drafts, folks, as many as five corners going in the first round, and as many as four safeties going in the first round, pending where they have Jabril Peppers listed at position wise. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you got to at least list them as a safety at the moment. And, you know, depending on what organization picks him up, maybe they move him to linebacker, maybe they move him to edge rusher, maybe they move him to offense. Right. Who the hell knows? Sure, he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker extraordinaire. I love the guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's got the it factor, man. Reminds me a little bit of the Honey Badger, just bigger. Uh, yep. Similar similar skeptics, though, that the Honey Badger, uh, you know, he had his critics. Reminds me of, like, a poor man's Charles Woodson. Who? Yeah, kind of, I could see that comparison for sure. I mean, the being the Michigan man, obviously it's an easy comparison, but they played yeah. both sides of the ball. The playmaker factor, dude. It, just the X factor you know. to them. Yeah. You know, we can't forget, that's, you know, this is without Sidney Jones blowing out his Achilles. Yeah. You know, so he was a surefire first-rounder when, until he blew out the Achilles at the pro day, which is just totally devastating. But hey, the, you know, this is the this sports world. Things like that happen. You know, construction workers go to work. They blow out their back. Can't get back to work the next day. Yeah, and I bet they don't have a million-dollar insurance policy on that Achilles. Exactly, or whatever their injury was. Sure. Now, funny, with the 49ers on the clock, man, their, uh, their new leadership crew is uh, kind of cracking me up at that. And I got a, got a few things I got to say about this. John Lynch, number one, asking the 49ers to be their GM blows my mind. Okay, he has no connection to the organization whatsoever. Never played for them. Uh, I mean, just nothing. His father didn't coach there. You know, just any weird... He doesn't have a strong connection, if any, to the 49ers. So that's number one. Number two is the 49ers saying, sure, yeah, sure, why not? Be our GM. 
Okay, that blows my mind. Then he hires uh, first-time head coach Kyle Shanahan, which I respect. Super Bowl offensive coordinator, took Matt Ryan to the next level, took that offense to the next level. Uh, of course, that offense was full of playmakers, but hey, you got to make you, you got to make it work. You got to make it work, and he did. I think he's a you know he was certainly a reasonable choice for head coach. Ah, yeah, legendary that guy is. Now these two guys together, you know, they're kind of around the same age. You know, I would I would go as far as to say they definitely go out to eat, drink together, discuss football. They're you know in 49ers HQ talking football. I wouldn't be surprised if hey maybe they're drinking beers in 49ers HQ. You know, just kicking it. They're younger guys. They're in shape. I'm sure they go to the gym together. I'm sure they get some cool workouts in together. Uh, these two are like a, a dynamic duo. So that kind of caught my attention. And then I see free agency unfold. And I see these outrageous signings they begin to make right off the bat, 24 hours before free agency began. They sign Malcolm Smith who would have been available days, if not a week plus later. They signed weak side linebacker Malcolm Smith before free agency started. The Raiders, who had a porous at time defense, didn't think he was, you know, a guy they need to keep to improve on that side of the ball. He was a weak link. He was a weak part of that defense that they're looking to upgrade, okay? Then he signs the fullback, from Harvard, who played for the Ravens, Kyle Juszczyk. The guaranteed money Juszczyk got puts him at like the eighth highest paid running back in the league. He's not even a running back. He's a fullback. I mean, look, he's an athlete. Uh, Lynch described him at the press conference as a playmaker. I mean, man, this is like 2017. We don't talk about fullbacks in the NFL really as playmakers. I mean, look, there's good ones. There always has been good ones. It's a dying position for the most part. Uh, to give one, to give a fullback that much money before free agency starts, it's just kind of mind-blowing when you're a one-win team. Okay? Then Pierre Garçon, who was catching passes from Peyton Manning in Indy eight years ago, gets like a massive contract for a receiver what is he, 31 years old, face of the franchise type of contract? I mean, John Lynch pounded the table so goddamn hard for Pierre Garçon that the table must have broke. It blows my mind. Pierre Garçon is not a number one receiver and never has been anywhere he's gone. And if he is, he's just the lowest tier of number one receivers. You know, he played with Reggie Wayne. He played with Deshaun. And the kid Crowder was no slouch either. Kirk Cousins can distribute the ball. Pierre Garçon wasn't like this stalwart in Washington. You know, it's just wild. I will make one argument for just the Pierre Garçon signing. You have a young head coach and a young general manager, a duo that you hope to grow together over a decade plus over in San Fran. Now, with that thought, the NFL can turn on you in one season, two seasons, and that can go out the window and you get fired very quickly so you need guys that buy into your vision your theory now Pierre Garçon is a big Shanahan supporter and that has to make you wonder because it's the veterans in the locker room that turn on you the most 
because they've seen it before. They've heard a thousand of these coaches say the same spiels, but and look, if they don't look, buy it, John Lynch and these guys, the players, even in the locker room, they're no dummies. They know Kyle Shanahan coming into a one and fifteen season isn't in win now mode. They know he has three years. Absolutely, he, he has three years. If they go one and fifteen again, he has another year. If you lose that locker room, three years can turn into one year very quickly. And you need to keep that locker room with you. A great way to do that is have the veterans on your side. So if you have a Pierre Garçon that people are looking up to that has your back, that will talk that will talk up for you and make things right, it can buy you an extra season or two, as dumb as that sounds. And I'm not necessarily supporting the contract. I just understand that thought process because the young guys aren't going to cause a problem. Because they need that next contract. Look, it's nice to have a dependable receiver. You know where he'll be on the field, okay? Uh, It's nice to have because they're going to get a quarterback at some point here. Whether it's this year or next year, they're going to get a quarterback in there that's going to need a veteran presence, I guess. I mean, you know, I don't quite understand the rush. So once again, before free agency even starts, then he brings in Brian Hoyer. And if that wasn't enough... He brings in Matt Barkley. And, man, these moves are just happening one after the other after the other. They're coming in quick. And it's like, what was the rush to get, like, Matt Barkley in 49ers HQ? What would, You know, that couldn't have waited. Uh, so then, you know, and don't hold me to the timeline here, but then they bring in the kid from the Bills, Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin, who, dude, the Bills receivers were, like, the worst in the league last year besides Sammy Watkins. Um, he goes out of his way to bring in a kicker immediately. Could you know bring in an undrafted free agent kicker? Draft a kicker in the seventh round. He brings in Robbie Gold, who's been on like three teams in two years now. End of his career. Um, the the aggressiveness for these lackluster players was friggin' weird for a one in fifteen team. Then they make a trade for the Ravens center Jeremy Zuda. Zuda's a nice player, real nice player. You're a 1-15 in 15 team. You don't need to be swinging and uh, wheeling and dealing for centers. Okay? You know, and through this all, I'm saying to myself, are these guys drunk? You know, are these guys drunk? They, they, they brought back Jeremy Curley. Uh, you know... And I'm just saying to myself, are these guys, like, boozing it up at HQ, doing shots, drinking beers, and uh, signing contracts, giving guys blank checks? I mean, it's nuts to me. Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. After all this, an article comes out on, what was it, Deadspin, I believe, Mm -hmm. at at a bar restaurant out on the West Coast. John Lynch and Jay Glazer, Fox Sports' own Jay Glazer, are out on the town. And John Lynch broke the restaurant's record for the most Mai Tais drank in a sitting. Apparently, this guy drank 35 friggin' Mai Tais. Benny, I can't have... I have one or two Mai Tais. I'm done. It's a sugary drink. It's time to move to beer. It's heavy alcohol, man. And, and yeah, it's heavy alcohol, too. I mean, that's got to be the worst hangover ever. 35 Mai Tais. Restaurant employees also went out of their way to say Jake Laser was bragging about himself and how cheap he is and how he only shops at Target, 
which I found absolutely hilarious. I mean, these guys were utterly bombed at this bar, Benny. Yeah, sounds like the Jay Glazer I know. Yeah, man. Ah, yeah, legendary that guy is. I mean, God knows what he was drinking, but to witness, you know, if I'm at the bar with you and I see you're drinking 35 Mai Tais, I'm saying, what the hell, man? You okay, man? Yeah. Like, who does that? Yeah, Glazer, meanwhile, was drinking Bud Heavies and J-Mo. Yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, so that story breaks. The very next day, I'm watching the press conference with um, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan up on the podium with their... (laughs) According to them, amazing acquisitions all on the podium with them. All B players, guys. You know this. You guys know this league. My VIP listeners know this league. These are all B-list players. And they got them up on the podium like they just established the dream team. Not one. Not two. Not three. Not four championships. Not five. You know, that's what they were going for. So long story short, I noticed between John Lynch and Kyle Shannon, they got about 15 Wooders. On the on the table in front of them by the microphone, those guys were hung over. I'm telling you, they were drunk, giving out blank contracts, and they were trying to rehydrate before they got a cool workout in after the press conference. I mean, there was about 20 water bottles. It's out unbelievable. On that thing. It's unbelievable. I sent you the picture. Yeah. I'm not making this up, gang. No, it's real. I, you know, it's real. Uh, anywho, card has just been slid over to me. The 49ers pick is in. And with the second overall pick in the 2017 on-the-mark mock draft, the San Francisco 49ers select. Oh, this one's interesting, Benny. LSU safety, Jamal Adams. Mm, John Lynch, makes sense. Go safety, safety. Mm -hmm. You know, John Lynch, Hall of Fame safety. Uh, Bringing in maybe his uh, protege. He's a hell of a player. I mean, I've seen him go t- top five in almost every mock draft so far. Kid's a stud. He's a stud. I mean, LSU produces players. We all know that. They've produced some good safeties in the past. Um, so that does not surprise me even a little bit. Chicago Bears are now on the clock. Like that Jamal Adams, though, Benny. Yeah, Chicago fans are devastated that he just went there. Yeah, because they could sure use a safety, but they could use a lot of things. They could use about everything. They got a lot of problems. They got all the problems. (laughs) They do. Um, (laughs) Nice to see Philly's own, well, Temple's own, Camden, New Jersey's own, Hassan Reddick light up that combine. And, uh, man, there's there's guys that got, got, you know, they got him going top ten now. Comparing them to... Bruce Irvin, I'm seeing. I'm seeing quite a few comparisons. Some scouts have, uh, scouts and GMs apparently, according to him, have told him he could play middle linebacker, he could play outside linebacker, or defensive end. We're hearing everything there. But it's nice to see a Temple kid get that kind of recognition. Yeah, the kid's a talent, man. And you got to root for the local kid. Got to love how he's putting on for his city. And the kid is a stud. So you can see what teams really like about him. Wasn't even on scholarship till senior year. Apparently his mother took out a loan just to pay for his meal plan at Temple over the years. I mean, that's that's sacrifice, and that's good stuff, and that's a great story. I'm, I'm really pulling for him. be interesting to see where he goes. He could fit with a lot of different teams. You know, every team will say this, can never have enough pass rushers. 
Yeah, got a roof for a kid like that when not many other people saw the vision, but him yeah. and his mom believed yeah. in it enough yeah. to go for it, and got good for them. Versatile pass rushers who can run, who can hit, who can bend at the hips, who have some pass rush moves. Hey, they go high. They go high. The kid the Bucks drafted last year, Noah Spence, he rose in the draft uh, charts kind of late. Uh, you know, the year Bruce Irvin went, he, he was a late riser. You know that. So we see these pass rushers rise. And we see safeties rise, like Ramsey last year. And that's why the Jamal Adams pick at two makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, well, when you see an NFL that's shifting every single year to more and more passes, it makes sense that defensive coaches want to get edge rushers to give that quarterback less time yeah. and and safeties and cover guys to make sure that when this quarterback does have time, the wideouts aren't just running free. Gang, isn't it funny the way college football that has turned into such a spread game, still so much passing, um, that there really is only one sure shot, barely first-round quarterback in this draft, and there's only, like we said, two or three, being generous, receivers, sure shot first-round picks in this draft. Fascinating to me. With that being said, a ton of tight ends and running backs. Sounds kind of old school to me. And there's some good linemen available throughout the first round. Names like uh, Ryan Ramchek. Names like Forrest Lamp. You know, there's some, some guys bouncing around. And what's funny about that is this draft, Benny, the actual names in this draft of players, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. There's Corn, some good ones. Corn Elder. Taco Charlton. Yeah. Forrest Lamp, as I just said. I mean, there's some insane names. We're going to uh, unleash that bracket on them. That, yeah. That Elite Eight bracket of craziest names in this draft. Elimination Tournament. The uh, listeners voted. And we're going to take you through that bracket later in the show. It's... Uh, it's nuts, man. I don't know what some of these parents are thinking, but uh, hey, nothing's crazier than Dick Buckus. Yeah, that's or, true. Or, or Brian Ball Dinger. Yeah, you the... know, we've had a butt kiss and a ball dinger. Yeah, Barky. Absolutely. <laughs> and now with our third overall pick. In the 2017 On The Mark Mock Draft, Fox Sports contributor and On The Mark NFL insider, the great Jonathan Donnelly. John's live out there at Soldier Field. Johnny, how you doing, man? Good, Mark. How you doing tonight? What are your sources telling you? What's the pick looking like at three for the Bears right now? Uh, we got a lot, a lot of buzz going around at Soldier Field right now. Um, but uh, my sources are telling me right now the hot name is uh, Solomon Thomas, the defensive end out of Stanford. Um, oh, he's, he's a, a lot big guys boy. Look, yeah, a lot of guys like his, his size uh, up front. Um, I heard one guy say that he he reminds him a lot of King Kong Sue. Ah, the great Indomitian um, Sue. Oh, hey, they got a yeah, lot of holes to uh, fill, John. They got a lot of holes to fill, so it sounds like a, a an immediate fit. Yeah, immediate fit, especially for a defensive mind like uh, John Fox. For sure, for sure. Johnny, what what are those? Uh, any, any other... Any other good intel from those sources? Uh, we got nothing else right now, Mark, uh, but you know, when we find out, you're the first to know. Okay. Sounds good, John. Folks, that was Fox Sports contributor and NFL insider for On the Mark, Jonathan Donnelly. Thank you, buddy.
Thanks, Mark. Have a good one. And now we have the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Another team that seems to love to go ape shit in free agency every year. Never really pans out for them. Uh, but a lot of people, once again, like their free agency class this year, but people loved it last year too. And I, frankly, none of us here at On the Mark were sold on it. And uh, the Jaguars shit the bed in a bad division at that. And they, they still were, were pretty much putrid. New coaching staff, though. We like the coaching staff. We're Doug Marone people here. Uh, Tom Coughlin running football operations is kind of intriguing, I guess. I never really loved the personnel moves that he had his hands on in New York, but that's a whole nother fish to fry. Oh, this one came in quick, Benny. Hmm. With, with the fourth overall pick in the 2017 on the Mark Mock draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars have selected defensive lineman Jonathan Allen. Guy who, a lot of, a lot of big games at Bama, big-time player for Saban. Got to be careful with those Saban players. A lot of tread on the tires, tread worn off the tires at that. Uh, but he's a, he's a presence. He's a physical presence. We know Coughlin likes to have his defensive linemen. Just look at his Giants teams that won the Super Bowl. The legendary Tommy Coughlin. Ah, uh, yeah, legendary that guy is. And with that being said, we now have the Tennessee Titans on the clock with the number five pick. We got our on-the-mark NFL insider, Michael Passaro, down in Nashville, Tennessee. Some of you know it as Cashville, Tennessee. He's down there at Titans HQ with the pick. Mike. We know you're at Titans HQ, man. What what are your sources telling you? Where do the Titans go at five here? The Titans go at Marshawn Lattimore at five. Okay, he's a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he's a playmaker. Playmaker, the ceiling on him is too high to pass up on. I know he's got chronic hamstring injuries, but I just feel like he's the surefire pro bowler. And, Adam, I think he just separates himself from the class. And then they'll pair him with uh, Logan Ryan, who they just signed. Yeah. And, and, I, hey, I, hey, I that makes a nice uh, defensive backfield. Yeah, you got to look at McCourty's on his way out next year. It's his last year of his deal. They're going to let him go. And I think, you know, Lattimore definitely steps in next year to be the starter. Definitely is your third this year for sure. And, and let's let's call it what it is. You get a guy, you got a guy like Dick LeBeau there who's going to coach up a, a Lattimore and take his game to the next level pretty quickly. Corners could come in and contribute right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, the sky's the limit on this kid, man. I mean, he was only a one-year starter in a rotation. I mean, you got to look at it like this. Ohio State has three cornerbacks. They ran a rotation. They're deep. They're the, I mean, they're the best secondary in the country. Oh, uh, yeah. They're, year, they're so. absolutely loaded. I mean – the sky's limit on this kid. I mean, you're at four three six at the four. He's six foot. I mean, two hundred and twelve pounds. I mean, he's got everything. Yeah, he's a fit at five. It makes total sense, man. Are you are you hearing anything else from your sources, a, Mike? Yeah. Are you I'm hearing anything, hear anything else? else from my sources? I'll definitely let you know, Mark. <laughs> All right, Mikey. Sounds good, brother. Thanks for calling in. No problem, my man. And now with the number six pick. In the 2017 on-the-mark mock draft, we have the Jets on the clock, and I have FS1 contributor and on-the-mark football insider Drew Sutherland 
live in North Jersey at Jets HQ. Drew, what are your sources telling you with this uh, Jets pick at six, man? They could go a lot of different ways. Some people are calling for 0-16. What do we got for this pick, man? Well, they can go a lot of different directions here. Um, Heard some things about possibly trading out. But uh, for the purpose of this mock draft here, we're going to go with uh, O.J. Howard, tight end Alabama. Yeah, total stud, maybe my favorite player in the draft. Uh, Look, if you got, let's say, Hackenberg taking over for McCown around week six, seven, you want your young, inexperienced quarterback to have a tight end, right? Absolutely. I mean, I don't even know how many passes they completed last year to a tight end. Probably less than 10 all season, believe it or not. Shan Galley couldn't uh, utilize a tight end to save his goddamn life. Nah, they had Safarian Jenkins. He's a total joke. Uh, he's actually suspended for the first couple games. Yeah. And their offense just became really predictable without a tight end. Um, Howard, 6'6". He runs, uh, I think it's like a 4-5, similar to what Gronk ran. Um, and boy, is he a like nasty a blocker, man. He's a kick-ass blocker, so he'll help in that run game, too. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty, yeah, I'd be pretty excited about that pick. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can uh, get some playmakers and win a couple games. Doesn't look like they're going to win too many, but maybe something to get Hackenberg going or uh, perhaps they drafted another quarterback later. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, they got a lot of holes to fill. They got to fill holes throughout this draft. They got to get guys that they could develop. Absolutely. No, I, you know, I, I'm pretty confident in this pick. What do you think about it, Mark? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. It's a perfect fit. Uh, Are your sources telling you anything else? No, I mean, you know, another pick could be Malik Hooker. Um, Judging by how they got scorched last year, I mean, there were some really big plays that were ripped against them. They seemed to be clueless back there in the secondary. There's a lot of different guys that they could go with. It's pretty rich. The draft as far as uh as far as secondary um but my sources are saying they might have to wait because there might be some more value in the second and third round yep yep it's but, all about uh, the value it, game that's what this but, draft yeah, is absolutely if you hear yep. anything and anything changes let on the mark be the uh the first ones you know my friend i know you will Absolutely, I will, and uh, thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, good luck with the rest of the draft. Always, Drew. Talk to you soon, brother. And now, on to the next pick. We got the Los Angeles Chargers on the clock. Man, we haven't said that since 1960. Guess what? I kind of like it. A lot of of hurt hearts kind of hating on it. Uh, Look, San Diego isn't exactly the sports hub of uh, California. They got so much beautiful stuff to do out there. They don't need to go sit in an old football stadium and watch a team that's never won a Super Bowl play. Uh, They're going to survive in San Diego, gang. They're going to be all right. They got the best climate in the country, ton of nightlife, good restaurants, the beach, beautiful women, other cool places in close proximity. I don't have to sell you on San Diego. They'll be all right. They'll make it out. Pick is in. And with the seventh overall pick in the 2017 on-the-mark mock draft, 
the Los Angeles, San Diego, Superchargers, take Mike Williams, receiver, Clemson. Yeah, 4-5 man with his skill set, his hands, his route running ability, the Clemson reputation of receivers, uh, played with an NFL quarterback and Deshaun Watson. It makes some sense. Uh, Phillip Rivers is miserable right now. He's just sucking it up. He's grinning and bearing it. This is like, hey, Phillip, stay happy. Lead us into the new era in Los Angeles. It's a fit, man. I mean, he'll make some splash plays right off the bat with Phillip Rivers as his quarterback. Uh, it's a total fit. Very nice. Very nice. Man, I like this mock draft. With that being said, the Carolina Panthers are now on the clock. Speaking of those Panthers, Benny, Cam Newton. Heard they might amputate his arm, bro. Oh, yeah? Is it that far? Get in a surgery uh, March 30th, which, you know, you hate to post-date a surgery like that because it cuts into recovery time with, uh, you know, OTAs, mini camps, just working on your own, having your own private camps like many of these teams do. Um, you know, they said he's best-case scenario ready at the beginning of training camp. Uh, but, man, you know, this was my concern with him from day one, and all of us here at On The Mark were never believers in Cam Newton. Uh, not saying he's not a player, okay? But uh, that was an aberration year, that 15-1 and Super Bowl year. Uh, let's call it what it is, total aberration. And we just said the way this guy plays, puts his, his shoulder down uh, when he runs the ball. Um, the, the hits he constantly complains about taking in and out of the pocket. I mean, the guy's got like a ton of mileage on him already. Uh, and he takes some brutal hits as him and his father always let us know and the NFL know. I think he even wrote Roger Goodell a personalized letter. So maybe here at, uh, you know, eight, they get somebody to protect him. Or, you know, another playmaker. Because they lost Ted Ginn in free agency. Uh, no really big loss there. I thought the Saints totally overpaid for an older Ted Ginn who's only had a few good years. He's bounced around quite a bit. Man, the Panthers, guys, I just want to say this. I haven't seen an organization run like this in a long time. I've never seen an organization re-sign so many of their own mediocre to below average players in one offseason. Not to mention go out and sign aging veterans on a team that really isn't win now. I mean, it's strange, man. They re-signed Teddy Williams the other day. I, you know, I don't even know who Teddy Williams is. He, he's a fourth or fifth corner. You can find a fourth or fifth corner in the undrafted market or in the seventh, sixth, seventh round. Um, Fozzie Whitaker, um, they re-signed. I mean, man, it's outrageous. They brought in Khalil's brother, who's like, you know... Almost a bust. Not quite, but he doesn't have the best reputation. The offensive line in Minnesota is a huge issue, and it's been, and he was a big part of that issue. They've had a very strange offseason, man. You know, check out the list. I'm not going to—we don't have time for me to recite this list. Just check out the list of the guys the Panthers brought in, their own and others. Very strange. Not difference makers. All right, the pick is in here at 8. And with the eighth overall pick, the Carolina Panthers go with the Bayou Bengal, running back Leonard Fournette. And and the pick makes sense, guys, because Fournette is, you know, that Herschel Walker, Bo Jackson pedigree with the size and speed. He's even got some hands. 
Doesn't have a ton of mileage. Doesn't have a ton of tread on the tires from his LSU days. Not quite as much tread as, say, a Derrick Henry had. So that's in his favor. And we really feel like if Fournette doesn't go here, he kind of falls. And uh, we don't see that happening. He's just too much of a beast. Um, the Panthers went with the D'Angelo Williams, uh, Jonathan Stewart tandem. Uh, they like having, uh, you know, their backs because they're they're really a run-first team, man. They like to have a stable of backs. Fournette's a nice fit here. Uh, Cam certainly needs somebody else to shoulder the load. No pun intended for Cam's shoulder. And the uh, from the Bayou Bengals to the Cincinnati Bengals at number nine are now on the clock. Pick is in. And the Bengals, oh, well, they're going rapid fire. I think they're starting to do some shots back there, Benny. Pick is in. Just got a text from our Cincinnati Bengals on the mark NFL insider, Tony Rasputin. And Tony said his sources have them taking offensive tackle Ryan Ramschek, Wisconsin Badger. They lost Andrew Whitworth, who got a ridiculous deal with the Rams uh, for his age. Not to mention he only practices once or twice a week. Uh, pretty mind-boggling there. But losing Whitworth, replacing him with a young guy like Ramchek, touted guy, dancing bear, very, very strong. Uh, he's in that Whitworth mold. So the fit is there. The need is there. A lot of guys have Ramchek going a little later in the first round, but we've seen tackles how they shoot up a draft board. Ronnie Stanley, DJ Fluker. Uh, there's a few others in recent memory where uh, they shot up late. So it, it's a fit here. Now, the Buffalo Bills are on the clock. All right, gang, the card is in. We now have on the Skyfall Hotline, on the mark, NFL insider and our dear friend, the great Vinny DiBiase, friend of the show. Vinny D was awesome. He was unbelievable. He was a PT peer. Vinny, how you doing, man? Great, Mark. How about you? Great to be here. Uh, good, man. We're having a lot of fun with this mock draft. It's uh, it feels good. It's uh, it feels real. It feels on point right now. You're uh, you're over at Bill's HQ in Orchard Park, huh? Oh yeah, I've been here all day. Trying I to get get the scoop for you. Yeah, man. I uh, I tried to send uh, that gutless coward. Paul Van Dersey out there, but uh, he wasn't having it, man. He, he he didn't want to sign on the dotted line. He didn't want to sign a contract with On the Mark. That's no surprise. He's, he's known for backing out. Yeah, man. Yeah, God only knows what his agent was telling him. I just thought that, uh, that he wanted a role here. He mentions the show to us all the time. You know, we give him an opportunity, a paid position, not an internship, and he, uh, he bailed out. That's the way they were paid, I guess, huh? Yeah, it is what it is. Vinny, what are your sources at Orchard Park telling you with this Bills pick? What are the Bills doing at 10 here? They could go a few different ways. Well, Mark, the latest news is uh, Hassan Reddick is uh, of great interest to the Bills here. His stock has been skyrocketing in the last week to two weeks. Very impressive at the Combine. Uh, he's he's moved into the top 10 on a lot of teams afterwards. And uh, what I'm hearing now is that's where the Bills, that's, that's the direction the Bills are looking to go. 
Yeah, it's an immediate fit with Zach Brown leaving. Lorenzo Alexander, 33 years old. Um, You know, teams can never have enough pass rushers. Absolutely. Still with a big need, he should be able to step right in and contribute. Yeah, it's interesting to see a Temple guy that high, huh? It is, but uh, that, that program's come a long way. They have a lot of pros in the league. Oh, sure. It's, it's in it, the last few years. Sure, it's it's a testament to the program, man. He's uh he's a great story. We we actually discussed him earlier on the show. So yeah, it it sounds like a, a fit there. Vin, yeah. are, are are your sources giving you anything else? Well, they were interested. Obviously, they need a quarterback. Uh, let's be honest, Tyrod Taylor isn't really the long term answer. No. So no. they they were interested in Deshaun Watson early on, but it looks like he's he's dropped on their board, and uh, you know they're kind of all in right now with Deshaun Reddit, as far as I as I'm hearing. Yeah, man, uh, Deshaun Watson might bring back shades of EJ Manuel for them. Frankly, though, Tyrod Taylor, man, he's he's a turd in the punch bowl. He's a turd in the punch bowl. They can't win with that guy. No, he's only going to get so far. I mean, exactly. He really has limited skill. You know you're not winning a Super Bowl with him. But Vin, if your sources tell you anything new, I need you to I need you to relay that message back to Skyfall Studios. Don't be afraid to phone in the Skyfall Absolutely, hotline. Mark. You got it. You'll be the first guy I check back in with. Vin, we love you, man. Thank you. All right, love you. Thanks. And we now have the New Orleans Saints on the clock with the 11th overall pick. And as soon. As they go on the clock, they come off. The card is in. I think Sean Payton might have ran this one to the podium, uh, Benny. Christian McCafferty, big-time playmaker. A lot of scouts, a lot of GMs see him as a bona fide, legitimate receiver. I'm hearing uh, Brian Westbrook comparisons. Uh, I'm hearing they legitimately will line him up in the slot and he can run receiver type routes. He's got that. He's got that type of speed, uh, but he can carry the ball too, as we all saw at Stanford. And his return game, he can help on special teams. Some may say it's a reach, but he had a hell of a combine and a hell of a pro day. And uh, Drew Brees with those rece- that speed at receiver, and now with, uh, McCaffrey in the backfield, that's formidable. The Cleveland Browns are now on the clock. With uh, with that being said, gang, we talked a little bit about how Tony Nicky's out there in Vegas for March Madness, of course. We got our own little bracket back here at Skyfall. You know, Betty, I thought it was going to be a calm night here. It's We're getting hog wild now with all these calls and these crazy brackets, these crazy names in this draft, man. It's wild. The names, the actual names in this 2017 NFL draft are so off the wall, we had to put put a vote together, okay, to see who people thought was the craziest. What do we got, Benny? We got an Elite Eight with two play-in games? Yeah, yeah. So we have two play-in games, and after those, we will have our official Elite Eight. Okay, what are the two play-in games? The two play-in games we have are Fish Smithson against Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. Juju, like a candy. Yes. Hell of a player at USC. Always enjoyed watching him. Uh, But Schuster on the back of a jersey isn't too bad. Smith-Schuster. 
Oh, hold up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, long. Very long. Jeez, so what did, what did the votes tally out to? Who, who got deemed the weirdest out of those two? Well, I think there was some USC plugging to get Juju advancement because he just beat out Fish Smithson 55-45. Wow. Yeah, yeah Fish, man. God, I, I can't believe that. That, that can't be uh, parent-given. That has to be a nickname. Hey, you never know nowadays, man. Yeah, you never know, Benny. All right, second playing game. It's very food-related in this playing game. We have Taco Charlton, the very talented Michigan player, against Corn Elder. Okay, who's a, who's a nice cornerback for the uh, Hurricanes. Man, tacos, corn, they go together, too. That's Seriously, a good pairing. It's a great hey, pairing. the experts did a nice job with that region. Yeah, they did. What did the votes show us? Taco Charlton edged him out. 5347. Okay, okay. Yeah. I could see that. Charlton's kind of like a badass last name. I don't know why. Sure. The corn is off the cob now. Yeah, yeah. Right. All right. Those so, are two guy two names too where some pundits think could go in the first round. Yeah. Absolutely. First two I've I've also seen both names in the second round as well. Yeah. All right, so now we're we're into the Elite 8. Yes, we're, we are. We're into the Elite 8. And uh, what do you got in the uh, in the East region? In the East region, we have Tono Passino. But there's a lot of letters in there, Marky. Is that the defensive end from Villanova? The Villanova. Yeah, kid, I, I'm seeing him in the first and second round as well. Some are saying the next Howie Long, total physical specimen, uh, unreal, unreal shape he's in. Isn't it, but doesn't his last name start with a K? It's like Tona Kapasiaga, you know. Yes, K-P-A-S-S-A-G-N-O-N. Guys. Passano. There's no way you could say this in English, this name. It's pronounced Passano, though? Passano. Wow. Guys, you got to, to truly appreciate that, you got to see that name on paper or, you know, written. It's tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. He's going to be taking on Obi. Melanfanwa. Obi Melanfalawalu. A lot of people like him at cornerback. A lot of people like him at safety as well. Big, fast, likes to hit. Obi's got to be short for something, too. Boy, don't it make you think Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both names are ethnic. Very ethnic. I go, I guess, African. Um, don't hold me to that, of course. What did the votes tally out to, Benny? There must have been some hometown push because Passano is passing on to yeah. the next round. Yeah, that Villanova guy, that, that main line guy. Okay, fair enough. What would you have in the north region, Benny? Well, we had Taco Charlton already moving on, but he moved on to play Jabril Peppers. Okay, teammates going again. You know, and Jabril Peppers, that's a cool name to me. I don't know how many times I've seen Jabril. I feel like I've seen it, but I don't probably could count on a couple fingers how many times. you never uh, seen Taco. But you never seen Taco. Peppers is more of a cool name. Julius Peppers. I mean, that, that name carries some weight. I love Peppers. but I like Peppers in my omelets. I like Peppers in my taco. There you go. Who wins that one? The food region. Taco Charlton edges out his old teammate, this time by a wide margin. 63% on Taco. Yeah, maybe a lot of people with Pepper's hard feelings because he didn't play in that bowl game. Pulled the hammy in warm-ups earlier in the week. 
I got news for you, Bane. This bracket challenge has grown uh, more and more intriguing by the uh, by the matchup. Who's out in the West? Okay, well, we know Juju Smith-Schuster already advanced, but he moved on to face Buddha Baker. Wow, I like Buddha. When I think of uh, the nickname Buddha or the first name Buddha, I think of a pothead, somebody who smokes a lot. Yeah. Or somebody who's fat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like that name, Buddha Baker. It's I like both cool. names. They're cool names. Buddha what, Baker flows. What did the analytics show? The analytics showed, just like I think their playing careers are going to show, Buddha Baker by a wide margin. Makes sense. Makes sense. He's a name, too, that's being floated around throughout the first round. Yeah. From 18 down. I like him. I like him a lot. Kind of like how we saw Keanu Neal last year as a late riser. Could see a similar thing with a Buddha Baker. Sure. Just like we saw Earl Thomas a while ago. Sure, back. and honestly, Carl Joseph last year. Yeah, absolutely. So in recent memory, you know, like we said earlier in the show, gang, safeties are strong in this region. He's a good player. In this, I'm saying in this region. Safeties are strong in this draft, guys. Um, now, to deem the last contestant in our final four of weird names in the draft, the South region. Benny, what did it show, man? Well, you got Jake but against Tease Tabor. Okay, man, but is a brutal last name. Yeah. That is brutal. Tease Tabor, that's a cool name. Absolutely. It's even more fun to say. I can't imagine but being anywhere near Tease Tabor in the voting here. Well, Marky, this race was tighter than a duck's asshole, man. Oh, man. Jake Butt. By a narrow margin. Oh, man. Shocking upset. Shocking yeah. upset. You know he was devastated when he got hurt last year. Oh, killed absolutely. his draft stock. He might have been a first-round pick. This draft, chock full of good tight ends. I wouldn't be shocked if some team picked him up late first. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, all right, so there's our final four. There's our final four, and we'll get back to that later in the show. Holy God, breaking news, folks. The lights here at Skyfall are going berserk. People are going hog wild. The interns running around with a piece of paper flying. The monkeys banging on the keyboard. Shit's flying everywhere. Breaking news. The New England Patriots have just dealt Jimmy Garoppolo to the Cleveland Browns for the 12th overall pick. The Patriots are now on the clock. Let's go out to Foxborough, Benny, and reach out to superfan Gary Sauce Gerace. Gary, we know you got the sources out there in Foxborough. Who are you hearing? Who are you hearing for the Pats here at 12? It's looking like we're going to go with uh, the safety from Ohio State, the guy named Malik Booker. Malik Hooker, yeah. He, he's projected top 10 guy. He's been projected top 10 from the get-go, so that does not surprise me. Uh, hell of a value yeah, pick good. there. Yeah, he's a ball player. Now, Gar, now with the feds, they recovered Tom Brady's jersey. What were you hearing about that jersey? I heard you were trying to get your hands on it. It was a hot item. It was definitely a hot item. But from what I'm hearing, it was recovered in Mexico. And what I want to know is, does that require? Does that mean it might have been a terroristic attack? It, since it was a yeah. cross enemy line? I mean, yeah, that, that, out. that wall just got 10 feet higher. We might have, I think. I mean, you know, we might. Trump, have to, Trump is kind of tight with Belichick and Brady. I mean, yeah. I think that more wall might be going up a little quicker than people think. You know what I mean? Guess what? 
48 hours ago, this is not a joke, Bob Kraft was on Air Force One with Trump. Really? Yep. There might be something going on there. What were the numbers you were hearing on that jersey? What were people offering for that jersey? I I started hearing 100,000, and then once it was recovered, it it shot right to 500,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, guess what? My producer just mouthed that to me. Jeez, that's a lot of money for for a fucking jersey. You know what I mean? What what, what could you really do with it? It it really has no value if you think about it. I mean, do you put that on? And you do you get the magical powers of Tom Brady if you put that on? I mean, yeah. are you able to go to a club and walk out with a couple supermodels? Yeah, that jersey is yeah. the question. Yeah, that's what got, I want to know. You got to start asking these questions. I mean, if you could get those superpowers through his jersey, then it's well worth it. Then you can't well put worth, a price I tag mean, on that. Well, 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 well worth it. Because I don't even like the Mitchell and Ness price price tags, let alone my, my let alone new, a half a million price board, tag. My newborn will sleep on that jersey every single night until he's in the NFL. <laughs> Guess what? Tom Brady is uh, – we, we, we call him this all the time at Skyfall Studio. We say he's the greatest American that ever lived. He's a living legend. Hands down. Hands down. Gar, we love you, man. Stay warm up there in uh, Boston. Well, you don't party too hard tonight. Not too hard. I love the show, guys. Love the show. Gar, you're the best. We're always listening down here in Foxborough. All right, my man, Gar. Talk to you soon, brother. My boy. Have a good one. Later. All right, gang, with the 2017 on the mark mock draft, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. Bang. Just like that, card in, Cardinals off the clock. The pick is in. A guy they did not expect to be on the board here. Mitchell Trubisky. Cardinals execs are going nuts at HQ right now. They did not think he would be available for them. They were honing in on guys like Watson and Kaiser. Trubisky is there. Natural thrower. Uh, Bruce Arians can develop him. He's got some weapons. Uh, That's a big win for the Cardinals at 13 to get that type of prospect, Benny. And now, your Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock, and we have on the mark NFL insider and FS1 contributor Stephen Spadacini at the Novacare Center right here in beautiful South Philadelphia on the line. Stephen, we know you're at the Novacare Center. We know you're hunkered down with all those Eagles execs. The Eagles are on the clock in the on-the-mark-mock draft here. Who do you got them taking at 14? A lot of holes to fill there. Well, as much as I'd love to tell everyone that we're going to take Dalvin Cook, considering the Eagles' past history of never taking a running back in the first round and never making anyone happy is probably going to be the consensus. So I'm going to have to shift and go with the unconventional first-round selection in Garyon Conley. It's okay. going to be the uh, other. It's going to be the other cornerback on Ohio State, the Ohio State University. That um, CBS and other other sites have him going in the early second round, but due to a, a good combine where he ran a four four and a good built at six foot one ninety five. 
I think he may move up a little bit, and the Eagles, like they love the reach, might go uh, might go Conley with this one. Yeah, you know what it's kind of reminiscent of? Kind of reminds me of the Lido Shepard pick. Kind of like a surprise corner in the first round. Yeah, and if you remember, they went back-to-back. They took Lido Shepard and Sheldon Brown in the same draft. Which actually um, turned out to be a good draft for them. uh, I'm actually going to have to say that, Mark, it's probably the last uh, draft that I can give them an entire grade A for. So uh, hopefully maybe they're thinking the same thing at this this stage. Right. I mean, look, the DBs, they need help. They need help. They, You know, you lose McKelvin and you lose Nolan Carroll, and they were nobodies to begin with. You need you need some talented youth back there. So the pick makes sense. I've seen him rising on a lot of draft boards, talked to a lot of people who really like him. That Ohio State right now is a football factory. They are uh, loaded on both sides of the ball. So it, it doesn't surprise me to see the Eagles go in that direction at 14. Yeah, the Band-Aid approach in the secondary has uh, gotten old, and uh, at this point they're just going to need to get a guy they can bring up and groom and get him in there. Totally, 100%. Spats, if you hear anything else from your sources, please let uh, let us be the first people you know. Will do. Thanks, gentlemen. All right, man. Don't, don't party too hard tonight uh, over there at the NovaCare Complex. Can't do it. It's a school night. <laughs> That's right. I'll talk to you, man. See you guys. All right, gang, we got the Indianapolis Colts here at 15 on the clock in the 2017 on the Mark Mock draft. You know Jim Irsay's drunk at this point, gang. 14 picks in, his his squad on the clock, he's drinking his scotch, probably blowing a line off a stripper's titty. Ah, yeah, legendary that guy is. Picking a name out of a hat for the Colts to take. Man, they've drafted terribly. They have drafted terribly, and it's... It's kind of screwed over Andrew Luck a little bit. Um, we're going we're gonna to see if that trend continues in just a few short moments. But, Benny, I cannot believe that Ursay fired his drinking buddy, Ryan Grigson. Yeah, I mean, Benny's, Benny can't do Benny's swinging back drinks. We're, we're going hog wild here at Skyfall tonight. Um, you know, like I said, John Lynch and Shanahan drinking buddies, that's what Ursay and Grigson were. The pick is in. The pick is in. Takaris McKinley. A lot of people like him, think he could get after the quarterback. Colts need help on defense. Uh, You know, they've uh, addressed uh, the offensive side of the ball in free agency. So uh, this makes sense to get some help on defense here in the first round. The Baltimore Ravens are now on the clock. Uh, they're running to the. They're running up to the podium, gang. The pick is in. Wow, this one came quick. And uh, okay, yep. Reuben Foster, middle linebacker, Alabama. Nick Saban product. Mean, mean, mean cat. Tough cat. What you want in a middle linebacker? He'll he'll blow your doors off. He hits. He can blitz too. He can get after the quarterback. Uh, had that little incident at the combine. But, hey, the Ravens in the past have not been afraid to take, take a chance on players. Maybe this is the heir apparent uh, to Ray Lewis. They haven't been able to solidify that position since. I guess they hope that uh, Foster keeps uh, keeps his stuff together. And, uh, you know, 
on the surface, it seems like a, a strong fit. Defense first mentality. Keeping Brandon Williams in free agency, very nice. So we move on. The Washington Redskins are on the clock. You know, we've been joking about GMs being drunk this entire uh, this entire episode, but let's let's take a moment here. Their GM literally got fired for being a drunk. Uh, reports out of the Redskins camp where he couldn't properly function to do his job because of his alcoholism. That's scary. That's scary stuff, man. That is scary stuff. But, I mean, what the hell, man? This NFL GM job is a dream job. You get drunk all day. You hand out contracts. You try to win a Super Bowl. You party. You don't have to play. You don't have to actually practice. You get a workout in. You get a cool dinner on the team's company credit card. Nice steakhouse, martinis. I'd be in there drinking, Ben, making moves, wheeling and dealing. In fact, there's some talk that our, our good friend Mike Mayock over at NFL Network is going to uh, fill that void in Washington. Uh, he said, he, you know, he's denied the reports, but, I, you know, they're in no rush at this point because it's not like the GM they bring in now is going to help with this draft. So, you know, they're going to kind of – they kind of have the uh, ability to slow play this hiring. You know, and I'm never a fan of the slow play, but in this situation, I mean – very dysfunctional from Daniel Snyder down. Thank they they got to thank God for Kirk Cousins. I, I will say that. The pick is in, gang, and as we talked about earlier in the show, Redskins a lot of holes at receiver after losing uh, Garcon and Jackson. They go with wide receiver Central Michigan Corey Davis shooting up a lot of draft boards, hearing a lot of positives about him. Me, personally, not totally sold on him, but uh, it's a good situation for him with Kirk Cousins and Crowder, and, uh, you know, the tight end is uh, is nice for them, too. Uh, the tight end from Florida, Jordan Reed. I, I, I see it as a fit. I see it as a fit. And uh, now we're going to get uh, back down to Cashville, Tennessee, with on-the-mark NFL insider... The great Michael Pissarro. Mike, I know it's busy down there in Nashville. I know there's a lot going on. A lot of booze, a lot of pretty blondes. I know we're getting into the wee hours of the morning here. Who do you got the Titans taking with their second pick in the first round, Mike? What are your sources telling you? I'm hearing John Ross. Ah, the speedster, John Ross. Yeah, it fits in need, but at 18 with two picks, it's kind of a luxury. And they took the best player available in Lattimore with the first one. It's a little bit of a reach here, but with Ross with the punt and kick return capability and the speed, it's just too much to pass up on. Yeah, and we know the Titans are stressing special teams this offseason. They brought in a couple top special team guys in free agency. Uh, why do you call him a reach? I mean, look, he broke the 40 combine record. He uh, put up big numbers on a successful Washington team. Because um, he's a little bit injury prone, are you calling it a reach? Yeah, I mean, he's got the ACL. He's got the shoulder this year. He's not a complete one. He's never going to be a one. And then to draft the receiver in the first round, I want a one, and he'll never be that, but he's just too dynamic to pass up. Right. He's not the prototype one. 
at the best, it's Deshaun Jackson. Uh, you know, also like a Tyreek Hill. You know, I, yeah. I think the size is comparable. Yeah, I think with this pick, Mariota doesn't get his one, but he definitely gets his two. Yeah. Which they don't have right now. Right, right, right. And look, I mean, that's why they got the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. I mean, there's other, you know, they'll be able to add to that arsenal. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And You know, at the end of the day, they're going to run the ball heavy. Absolutely. They're run first. Uh, Malarkey's running attack's been pretty dynamic. But the people in that building like John Ross, huh, Mike? Well, you know, it's a it's a sexy pick. You know, everybody loves a receiver. You know what I mean? So they're going to be happy. And a kid that runs 4-2-2, he can put the ball in his hands five, six, seven times a game. Yeah, I think they do. Yep, yep. Oh, I'm with you. Mike, you know where to come next time uh, your sources come chirping. You let us know. Any, uh, any inside info? Anything I get, I'll call you. All right, Mike. The master blaster, folks. Cashville, Tennessee's own. Thank you, babe. <laughs> All right. Later. A little bit of a run on receivers here. A little bit of a run on receivers. So, I mean, that's three receivers going the top 20. I mean, look, you need them in this league. You need them. I don't think it's as premier as other drafts. I think there's slight reaches, as Michael just said. John Ross is a little bit of a reach. I personally feel like Corey Davis is a little bit of a reach. And, you know, Mike Williams is that wild card because he's not like that 4-3, guy. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock at 19. And let me remind you, beautiful listeners, while the uh, Bucks are on the clock here and they're in their war room making their pick, we still have the uh, final four of our weird NFL draft names coming up later in the show. And, of course, the NIT tournament of the weird NFL draft names coming up just a little later. The pick is in, gang, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select David Njoku. In-state player, very talented tight end. A little bit raw, if you ask some people, but he's a playmaker. Uh, makes sense to get Jameis a, a friendly tight end, athletic tight end to throw to. Uh, the fit is there all the way around. The Denver Broncos are on the clock at 20. Boy, Benny, wish I was with Tony out in Vegas, I got to say. I love being in Skyfall, but uh, we miss him, don't we? Oh, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, we actually have a Vegas trip planned coming up to get into the uh, Westgate tournament this year. You okay. know about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he mentioned it in passing. Um, I don't know uh, the, de- the the logistics of the trip, but... Uh, the Super Contest. It's exciting, man. Yeah, looking forward to that. We got to go out sometime this summer. Actually got a concert lined up right in the same dates. I think uh, I think we got a trip coming together soon. It'd be nice to link up with R.J. Bell out there. Man, does he know his shit or what? I love R.J., man. Not many people know Vegas like R.J. knows Vegas. R.J. Bell, folks. Give him a follow on Twitter. He's, uh, he's the real deal, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I always look at rj when an nfl weekend is coming up and i'll tell you what i look at him almost daily because the guy just puts out good stuff honestly yeah okay the pick is in for the denver broncos john elway and company forest lamp makes sense the offensive line has been putrid okay 
Um, they need uh, protection for young Paxton Lynch or Semyon or Tony Romo, whatever, whoever's back there. The, the offensive line is their total weakness, um, and it needs major upgrade. I wouldn't be surprised if they went offensive line back again in the second or third or fourth round. They need linemen. They need depth. You know, they brought in a couple guys who, you know, keep in mind, folks, just because you bring in new players doesn't always mean they're better players. I don't love how they address their offensive line this offseason, but Forrest Lamp's career is going to be lit, guys. The Motor City Detroit Lions are on the clock. And with the 21st overall pick in the 2017 On the Mark mock draft, the Detroit Lions pick a guy right out of their backyard. Defensive end, Taco Charlton, Michigan. Like the pick. Uh, they need depth on the line. Uh, Taco gets after it. Uh, his name's Taco. How could you go wrong? Man? How could you go wrong, Betty? <laughs> I like it, and I always like Ohio guys that go to Michigan. Yeah, that's Charles he, Woodson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised Ohio guy, played his college ball at Michigan. Love and, that. You know that stirs some controversy. Man, go blue. The Miami Dolphins are now on the clock. This pick got to us pretty quickly, Benny. Right out of South Beach. It's another place I wish I was. The Dolphins select cornerback, LSU, Tredavious White. He's one of these sure-shot first-round corners in this draft, Benny. We know how LSU spits out DBs. There's a ton of them coming out of there. I mean, the Dolphins' defense instantly gets better. Yeah, it's a hotbed for D-backs, man, and listen, it's a good bet. It's a good bet that he's going to work out. Yeah, it's a safe bet type pick. In fact, at 22, there's a chance he's not even there. There's some of our people like White's stock to rise throughout this process. Yeah, absolutely. You never know, especially when a team sniffs out that he's going to be gone before they get them. If they move up and they want to make a play for him, if they really like him, so Ex you never know how high they can go. Exactly. And now the New York Football Giants are on the clock with the 23rd overall pick. All right, folks, the Giants pick is in, and for this, we're phoning out to East Rutherford. To our on-the-mark NFL insider and FS1 sports contributor, the great Mikey Pesh. Mike, what's the scene like at Giants HQ right now? What are your sources telling you? What's the direction they're going in with this 23rd overall pick? Gentlemen, thank you for having me. I think that Giant headquarters is thinking this is a Super Bowl season. 11 wins last year, signed about $150 million worth of free agents over the last two years. There is one glaring position on this roster that's yet to be filled. Should have been filled by a guy named Eric Flowers. To, to quote Chris Collinsworth, the man just doesn't look like he knows how to play the position. Wow. So because of that, in the first round, the Giants will select... The dancing bear, Garrett Bowles, he's my guy. Wow, yeah, massive, massive kid. Athletic as all hell. Got that mean streak. 
Utah puts out some nice products on as far as linemen go. I'd like to think he's also in the uh, the old regime's mold. Looks like a guy that Tommy C, if was on the board, would certainly consider. Yeah, it's kind of like the Justin Pugh pick. Absolutely. Um, it, so, there's some rumors going around that uh, Tommy Coughlin's ghost still roams the halls. <laughs> I think that, that may just be him. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let, let me ask you a question, Mike. How hard are they pounding the table for Garrett Bowles? What, what's the pullback that, like? You know, I've, I know in your mock, Rancic was already taken. I know that that's another guy that they're looking at. It's a weird year for linemen. Uh, usually you see a guy who's a bona fide top five tackle. This year's weird. You can see the first guy towards the end of the first round. Uh, if, if they feel like another team is potentially thinking about getting whatever tackle they have highest, I bet you they trade up. Yeah. Uh, they've signed so many free agents. There's so many bona fide starters there already. Yep. With huge, huge contracts. Yep. They look, don't need the picks. Look, they need the line to protect the elderly Eli Manning so he can get the ball downfield to those targets. You know, so kind of sure that not, up. That's not Flowers. Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> Eric Flowers. Mikey, if you hear anything else from your sources, please let us be the first people you know. Gentlemen, will do. Always a pleasure, Miguel. Thank you, sir. And with the 24th overall pick in the first round of the 2017 On the Mark mock draft, the Oakland Raiders are on the clock. I just jumped an intern in the back, guys. I'm running up to the podium. I got the card. With that being said, before I reveal who this pick is, the Raiders in this first round are trying to go versatile. And what I mean by that, the players they are looking at and like the most play multiple positions. Christian McCaffrey, running back, receiver, kick returner, can use him multiple ways. Adoree Jackson, cornerback, receiver, can use him multiple ways. Jabril Peppers, linebacker, safety, return man, can use him multiple ways. They're very high on Hassan Reddick. Uh, Probably won't be there for them unless they trade it up. Uh, Can play multiple positions. They're very high on the Nova defensive end, Uh, I will not bother saying his name, can play multiple positions. They're trying to go vertical, gang. They even like that OB Melamfalu Walawalu. He's a safety cornerback. But for sake of uh, this mock draft, the card reads Jabril Peppers. And we call this the Charles Woodson pick, gang. This is a homage to Charles Woodson. That's what this pick is. Uh, they need playmakers on defense. Uh, the bottom line is, is he's got a nose for the ball, and he can help on special teams if need be. Uh, they got the defensive regime in place to coach a kid like him up. It's a total fit. They've also gone offense early in free agency. With that being said, the Houston Texans are now on the clock with the 25th overall pick. We are going to be reaching out to on-the-mark NFL insider, the great Chris Leahy, former employee of the Philadelphia Eagles, current NFL insider for us, 
Also does some freelance work for the MLB and other various associations. And of course, of course, we don't want to get him confused with the beautiful blonde bombshell Christine Leahy, who does the news and co-hosts with Colin Coward. And of course, we've reached out to Christine on Twitter multiple times. We're dying to get her to call in and make a pick. She's got it all, Benny. Brains and beauty. And now, gang, we have Chris Leahy, the great Chris Leahy at NRG Stadium live, running off all the buzz from Texans HQ. Chris, what are we hearing at 25 for these Texans? Well, happy to be joining, Cuzzy. Uh, this is uh, an honor of mine to be on on the mark, as you can well imagine. It's uh, been one of my lifetime achievements to get on this show. Okay. H- happy to be joining. Okay. Um, We're glad to have you. That's why we signed the dotted line, Chris. Well, hey, you know, I, uh, well, I'm hearing a lot of buzz from Bill O'Brien and a lot coming out of the facility here down at NRG. Uh, just about how, how he's feeling with the possible Tony Romo signing and trying to look. Yeah, there's implications to, there, right. There are, yeah, and he's a quarterback guru, self-proclaimed, but uh, yeah. for that reason, he's going to stay away from quarterbacks in this draft. Sure. So we are, yes, uh, we're expecting uh, this mock has fallen nicely for us, and we're going to go running back. Okay. Uh, and we're going to take what we feel is the most versatile back in the draft. As you can imagine, after his uh, nice career down at Florida State, we're going to go Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Guess what? Ron Jaworski, our old friend Ron Jaworski. Jaws. Said, How's Jaws doing? I haven't I haven't seen him since uh, we were crushing bagels back at Dunkin' Donuts on uh, South Broad. How, how's he doing? <laughs> Guess what? He's doing good. He uh, He's all delved into this draft, being that it's in Philly this year. He's doing all types of events for the draft. But he said there's nothing Dalvin Cook can't do. Absolutely loves him. So it's a fit. It's a fit. Yeah, well, I hope Jaws is ringing that bell. He is. Yeah, it should be be a good time. I know uh, Cook should fit in nicely. He's a much younger version of Lamar Miller, and that's who we're liking down here. Uh, Beautiful. And, Chris, if you hear any more buzz, make sure On the Mark is the first first crew you let know. (laughs) Can't think of anybody else. That's right, Chris. Pleasure having you. Don't party too hard down in Houston tonight, my man. We miss well, you in Philly. Stop well, by well, Skyfall well, Studio anytime. Thanks for the invite, man. Yeah, we're still going hard after the Super Bowl. But, uh, uh, we'll, we'll try to turn it down uh, sometime before training camp. We're going to throw a draft party. We'll see you there. <laughs> All right, man. Have Later. a good one. You know, in regards to former Miami Dolphin players, Troy Vincent, who many remember as a Philadelphia Eagle, had a ton of success with them. He was drafted by the Miami Dolphins and had some very strong years with them, and that's why he got the free agency contract he did from the Eagles. Now, Troy Vincent is currently the NFL VP of Football Operations. So this week, okay, he was in front of the ownership and, you know, league boards discussing rule changes. And he let out a tweet earlier today talking about, okay, improving player safety uh, with immediate ejections for excessive hard hits. And frankly, the Twitter community 
went up in arms. And you can't blame them. And I'm going to tell you why. NFL players and most professional athletes in the main sports are what we would all kind of agree are grossly overpaid. And if these guys aren't going to make any sacrifices, okay, aren't going to be the gladiators we've used to know know them as, then what's the lure for us to watch the sport? We don't fill up stadiums to watch flag football. We don't fill up stadiums to watch water polo. We want to watch modern-day gladiators play the game the way the game was made to be played. So Troy Vincent tweeted this exactly. The committee is also exploring ways, including considering immediate ejections or suspensions to take dangerous hits out of our game. Folks, dangerous hits are a part of the entertainment value of football, and they're actually a part of how the game is won on the field. This is why the fan gets offended. Because there isn't a public conversation about how to make a construction, a, a laborer's job more safe. There isn't a public conversation on how to make, I don't know, a waiter's job more safe, a bartender's job. Uh, you know, there aren't public conversations to improve other people's jobs who don't get paid nearly what these people are paid and how they're treated like modern-day kings. Uh, it's surreal that Troy Vincent would even tweet this knowing about how people feel about these penalty flags being thrown and how it's taking away from the TV value and entertainment value of the game. We don't want to, you know, stuff their uniforms with pillows or have them playing giant plastic balls bouncing off one of each other. That's the day the game dies. They got to stop emphasizing the hits. They really do. I mean, Benny, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I miss something last football season? Did somebody die on the field at any point? No, I'm totally with you, Marky. At a certain point, it gets outrageous. But here's the... I mean, they're not even allowed to hit in practice. Yeah. It's insanity. Naturally, you see a word like dangerous, and everybody has a definite different, different definition, definition yeah. of dangerous so there's why it's tough to enforce suspensions and ejections that could totally change an entire game let's say there's an interception and a quarterback does something that is technically dangerous dives at somebody's knees exactly or goes after somebody's head but really he doesn't know how to make a tackle so maybe what he's doing is just whatever he's trying to do to stop the guy but he gets tossed out of a game and now it costs the team a playoff it's a joke it's or a horrible field advantage or anything Any, a game anything a week one game so they that's when it gets that's when it gets to me dangerous yeah that's dangerous that's dangerous to me that's when you start screwing with the sport and that's when people are going to go up in arms. Right. I mean, we all know football's already an imperfect game. However, there are possibly some dangerous hits that are excessive that could get out of the game. So it depends where the committee really is drawing Ugh. their line. And I'm pretty sure the committee's drawing a line that I'm Benny, not going to be thrilled with. Right, but, Benny, Benny, but any time you create more interpretation for these refs, it's insanity. Agreed. Agreed. Well, they said that they're going to relax on some of the celebrations, which is Right. Nice. Troy Vincent already tweeted, there are no new celebration rules. We're seeking clarity and consistency for both the official 
and the player. Well, in almost anything, the NFL has written their rules in a very vague way. So it a lot allows of rules them. are. We exactly. don't even know what a catch is. Exactly. It's like the NBA where I don't even know what a foul is. Exactly. It's James crazy. James Harden nods his head and gets a foul, even though I need him to win MVP this year. However... Futures bets, folks. Yes. However, at a certain point, it's all... It's all, you know, what do you, I feel? What do I think right. the guy was thinking in that moment? And then it becomes dangerous. Two tidbits out of this thing that I'm feeling really good about. The NFL is now going to full-time refs, okay? that That's 30 years too late. Seriously. Uh, but it's about damn time, better late than never. I'm thrilled about that. It should improve the quality. How many billions is this game worth? Uh, yeah, come on, man. You know, let, let's get with it, greedy owners. And the other thing is this. You can't jump over the long snapper on field goal attempts anymore, which was such a stupid play to me. I thought it was so corny and so video game-like. First of all, are, you're not even allowed to line somebody up on the long snapper. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just ridiculous. Because you I used actually, to be able to do that. They took that away. I actually liked the play. However, I, I think again it looks too had a cartoonish. problem. I, I just had a problem, again, with the vague rules and terminology. Because sometimes you see a guy's toe just flick off of lineman and there's a flag on and other guys you see his whole knee drags across the guy's back yeah and, yeah because you're not allowed not, to make contact with the long snapper it, uh, any it, contact it, it doesn't even it's too vague a rule there's too little there's so many interpretations they said to it. they uh, said another piece of it was kickers were getting demolished well and, sure <laughs> and we know you know they're not built to get demolished just like unless the you're NFL Sebastian Janikowski just like the NFL can't afford to lose a lot of quarterbacks in their season they can't afford to lose a lot of kickers guess, guess what good then kickers starts, are at a premium then it starts turning into a joke yeah it does and then it starts every team starts going for two and before you know you're in the MAC imagine if every team had Roberto Aguayo yeah. and that's a second round pick who couldn't cut it meanwhile now they're bringing in veterans to try and compete with them. I know. Uh, why don't you just Nick give Folk. the kid? Yeah. Why don't you just give the kid a season to not screw with uh, his head? Because so many jobs are on the line with a kicker. Yeah, they brought in Nick Folk, who I like, and he said something interesting as soon as he as soon as he arrived at Tampa Bay. Nick Folk said, "I got a family. I got mouths to feed. Yeah. I'm trying to make this roster." And yeah. Man, he's, he's a, a scared little boy. He's a solid veteran, dude. He could he could easily win that job. He will win the job. Yeah, I I'd, I'd bet on him. I'd bet on him. And they keep, keep Aguayo, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. It's second round pick, huge investment. Yeah. All right, gang, we're moving through this first round now, okay? With the 26th overall pick, the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock. Speaking of these Seahawks, Benny, uh, Marshawn Lynch, we know he's retired. All indications are he's coming back. He said he wants to come back. His agent said he wants to come back, and he will only play for the Raiders. Man, wouldn't that be a fun match? He'd be such a cool Raider. You know. He is born and raised in Oakland, huge in the community, okay? And this is the thing. Reggie McKenzie of the Raiders and John Schneider of the Seahawks go all the way back to Green Bay. So what could be the holdup here? The Raiders aren't in the same conference or division as the Seahawks. Marshawn won them a Super Bowl, helped get them to two. Um, I think they do this out of good graces for Marshawn. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is just, you know, the same reason the Cowboys won't cut Tony Romo. They yeah. just feel they need something back, 
or yeah. why let a guy go? Maybe, maybe the Raiders throw them a seventh-round pick, and they do that, a sixth-round pick. I, I, the Raiders, Reggie McKenzie, does not like to do that. I just think it's an amazing PR move for the Raiders because this is going to be their last two years in Oakland. And it'd be great. And it'd be a great going-out yes. party, wouldn't it, gang? Absolutely. And I'll tell you what. Marshawn Lynch wouldn't be the bell cow he was in Seattle. He would be 10 to 12 carries, goal line, a screen pass here or there, a swing pass here or there. Because the Raiders got Jalen Richard. The Raiders got DeAndre Washington. These guys can run it and put up some numbers in their rookie year. Not to mention having Derek Carr with this offense, okay? It's, you know, it's a high-powered offense, folks. It's a high-powered car. It would just be a really cool going-out party for Oakland to see Marshawn in uh, Raider Silver and Black. A lot of people, important people, think it's an imminent move. It's just a matter of when. We'll see how long it drags out. With that being said, with the 26th overall pick of the 2017 on the mark mock draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Cam Robinson, offensive tackle, Alabama. A lot of Bama players going in this first round, as always. Cam Robinson will definitely be one. Uh, Seahawks will be thrilled if they can nab him. Uh, they need help on that line, for sure. They need to be able to run it better. And Russell Wilson was getting hit last year, folks, when he dropped back. So, you know, you always need to protect your franchise quarterback, for sure. The Kansas City Chiefs are now on the clock. They're having drinks at Big Charlie's Saloon waiting for this pick. I'll tell you that right now. You know, Benny, these Chiefs are funny because every year now, for about three years in a row, they've lost more and more in free agency. This year it was Don Terry Poe. Last year it was Sean Smith. The year before that it was Rodney Hudson. But they, they've lost some other names, uh, not to mention Jamal Charles. You know, his career kind of coming to an abrupt end there. Uh, they've lost guys. They've lost guys. And uh, they don't do much in free agency because Kansas City's a smaller market. Players aren't necessarily yearning and burning to head down to Kansas City to play. You know, I think it's a great traditional stadium team, old AFL team. Um, but anywho, the Chiefs can go a lot of ways in the first round. They nailed the Marcus Peters pick two years ago. They nailed Tyreek Hill last year who came out with a lot of baggage. But right here, guys, this pick's kind of funny. Because we've heard some Alex Smith rumblings. They back him. They certainly back him. But right here is where Andy Reid gets his Donovan McNabb, his Mike Vick. His quarterback who could run it and throw it. Deshaun Watson. A chief. I think it's a nice fit. I really do. Uh, he can develop for a year or two if need be. Might not even need that much time, knowing the way Andy Reid develops QBs. Andy Reid shits out QBs. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely perfect. Deshaun Watson is going to be phenomenal at winning eight to nine games a season and really throwing at his guy's feet in some <laughs> big moments. Yeah, man. He's uh, he's the prototypical Andy Reid guy, too. Game-winning drive, kind of like matriculating the ball down the field a little too slow. Yeah, but I'll say this. I shouldn't be bashing him because he won me a ton of money on that national championship game. However, I'll be very happy to see Andy Reid lose some conference and division playoff games 
with Deshaun Watson as quarterback. Guess what? In that AFC West, I don't know if he gets there. But Andy Reid's a good one. He always seems to make his way into January football. He'll find his way to 500, yep. and we'll see if he can get his he'll, way, he'll ride way his, into the playoffs. He'll ride his defense, his coattails. His offense won't make mistakes. You know how they do it. And then those gimmick plays that they win games on throughout the year, they all seem to dry up in January, don't they? Yeah, I'll tell you what. His clock management, too, man. Gotta love that one. Uh, former ESPN's... Uh, own Bill Simmons, okay? Not El Wingador, not our good friend El Wingador. Bill guy. Simmons from ESPN, ex-ESPN, hates ESPN now, as do we. Absolutely. We are the anti-ESPN gang. Bill Simmons is pretty damn funny on Twitter, though. And apparently he watched True Detectives, and, uh, man, he had one of the funniest tweets of all time. Uh, he said, Colin Farrell's son... Uh, okay, who, who looked like a mini Andy Reid. So what he said was, True Detective Season 3, Colin Farrell's son grows up to be the Eagles head coach and can't figure out clock management. It was just the funniest thing ever because I love when people merge, like, TV and sports jokes. I don't know. When you bring, like, two different worlds together for a joke, it's actually pretty damn witty and funny. If you hit on it. Then yeah, it's great. His, his name was Chad Val- Valcoro, too. That was the kid's name. True Detective Season 3. Chad Valcoro grows up to be the Philadelphia Eagles head coach and can't figure out clock management. <laughs> True Detectives turns into a football show. Phenomenal. <laughs> it's, yeah, truly phenomenal. Uh, I'll tell you what else is phenomenal. We almost got this first round <laughs> whacked up with number 28, the Dallas Wow, boys. The Dallas Coke boys are now on the clock. We have Skip Bayless waiting for our phone call. Now, Benny, let's have the conversation about the Cowboys. Man, they uh, had a hell of a year last year. No doubt about it. They, you come back this year, you bring your rookies back, you bring your core back. I love that they re-signed Terrence Williams. I like that they're slow playing the Romo situation. I really do. A lot of people don't, but I do. What what are you hearing out of Fort Worth? Uh, what are you hearing about this situation right now? Well, I'll tell you what. Fort Worth is more like Fort Knox when it comes to that Tony Romo situation, Mark. But as far as I feel... I love that they're slow playing it also. There's no reason to rush it. In all honesty, they weren't going to have enough cap room to make any splashes in free agency anyway. They brought back some guys they wanted. They have some draft picks. They don't need to make any moves. If they wait until the summer and then cut Tony Romo, they save almost the entire contract. So they can save a lot of money if they just wait a few months. I think the Cowboys are in a great situation with the whole thing. Because there's no reason to rush it now. The only way I don't see that is that totally fucks over Tony Romo and Jerry Jones wouldn't do his uh, son like that. Listen, I'll tell you what, Jerry Jones has a lot of those, quote, sons around. Good point. And Tony Romo hasn't ever brought him any rings. Now, let me tell you, Jason Garrett might not have brought him rings. But he was a part of he them. was around Yeah, for the man, rings. yeah, and he was loyal. Yeah, for and sure. And let me tell you, he probably doesn't take kindly... To one of his sons, not like in one of his other sons. And from what I heard, Tony Romo has really been given the cold shoulder 
to Jason Garrett, not talking to him for a very long time because throughout the season. Because of the decision to go with Dak. Absolutely. You know, and, and what's funny is this. What's funny is this. A lot of NFL coaches, or head football coaches, are very power-hungry people. I love how Jason Garrett has just been totally adaptable to the situation in Dallas and made it work. He embraces some of the chaos that the media and Jerry bring on, Jerry's world bring on. He embraces it. He rolls with the punches. And he's kept them competitive, man. Even some of those 8-8 eight and eight teams weren't really that great of teams, but they were in the race all year. You know, it didn't always work out in Week 17 for them, unfortunately. But, man, last year was... Uh, it solidified what I thought about Jason Garrett. I think he's a pretty damn good football coach. Yeah, you know, when they gave him the job, I was pretty pissed off as a Cowboys fan because I thought they let Sean Payton get away. And I still think they did. But at the end of the day, I think Jason Garrett has proven that he is a solid football coach. Is he Bill Belichick? No, he's not. Is he that great game planner and is he an unbelievable game manager? Not necessarily. But he's better with timeouts than Andy Reid is. And he's better at game planning than probably Mike Tomlin is. Yeah. So uh, let me say, uh, he's a B plus. And to be honest, I'll take a B plus because in the NFL, it's so hard to just even find a C plus. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. These guys are getting fired after one or two Very years. Very recyclable guys. Absolutely. A guy like Jason Garrett, I'm not saying he's once in a lifetime, but he could. he's not easy to find necessarily. He's not. A lot of teams would uh, like to have him. So with that being said, the 28th overall pick is in, and the Cowboys select. Come on, Benny, give it to us. Cowboys select Evan Ingram, tight end from Mississippi. Wow. Shocker. Uh, I thought they would go help in the defensive backfield, but Ingram is a hell of an athlete. Like we said, guys, this draft is full of solid tight ends. That would be three in the first round. Uh, It's another weapon for the offense. We know Jerry likes his weapons. And look, the offensive line is starting to take some hits. You lose depth in Leary going to Denver. Doug Free retires. So, you know, you bring in a tight end. That helps in the run game too, folks. Ingram is more known for his receiving, of course. But he grades out nicely blocking. Uh, some people have told me a uh, very coachable kid. So that's something you can coach up as well. Listen, 4-4-2-40. 36-inch vert. Uh, he can run his ass off. He's an athletic freak. Listen, I saw them draft Mont- Martellus Bennett in the first round. Sure, Gavin Escobar was, what, a second-round pick? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, they've been trying they to like find a replacement ends. for Jason Witten yeah. for the last decade. No, there it is. That's strong. But now it's time to find that guy. The Green Bay Packers are now on the clock. Now, Benny, let's get to that uh, weird name bracketology breakdown here, man. Final four. Who was the final four again, Ben? All these names. I'm going a little nuts over here. All right. Well, of course, we had Villanova's Tano Passino. And he's going up against Buda Baker. Okay. I love Buda Baker. Such a cool name. Buda Baker was almost the Cowboys pick. Oh, my God. I just realized it. Like I said, Buda, like... Likes to smoke a lot. Baker, bake out a car. Bake out a... <laughs> That's a pothead name, man. Yeah, it's perfect, Benny, man. you or Tony should have that name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Benny, what do the analytics read here? What's What are the numbers like? Who's advancing to the finals? Buda Baker won in a landslide, Marky. What did he get, 420 votes? Yeah, something like that. You got to take that over a uh, over a name you can't even say. 
That's the problem. You know what I mean? Tano Kapasagawaga. Big-time athlete from Nova, guys. He's a premier talent. He's a first or second round pick. Uh, Raiders scouts absolutely love him. Just a little tidbit there. Benny, who's in the other region? Who's playing Buddha in the finals? We've got two Michigan teammates again. Jake Butt against Taco Charlton. All right, kind of like a Cinderella story here with Jake Butt. Uh, what do we got, Benny? Yeah, Jake Butt's getting flushed down the toilet, Mark. Taco Charlton won. Okay, so Taco Charlton to the finals to play uh, Buda Baker. The votes are in, and we'll reveal that a little later in the show. How about the NIT, Benny? The NIT, well, we have a play-in game for the NIT. Okay. So we got Mike Tyson, safety from Cincinnati. That's an unbelievable name, man. It's so simple. Surprised there hasn't been more Mike Tysons. I want a Mike Tyson playing for my team, I'll tell you that. I mean, listen, he's got a punching chance. Yeah, he's got a puncher shot. You're exactly. right. Exactly. Okay, so he's going up against Roderick Johnson. Man, that's a porn star name if I ever heard one. Rod yeah. Johnson. Yeah. I always thought Magic Johnson was a porn star name. Absolutely, man. But Rod Johnson's a big boy. Six, seven, three hundred. Yeah, man. That's a Rod Johnson, all right. Yeah, man. I don't even want to know. I'm looking forward to seeing you in action. Jack says you've got a great big cock. Um, well, I don't know. I guess so. May I see it? Really? Please. Mike Tyson knocked out Rod Johnson. Really? Mike Tyson won the vote? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if the voters really understood the Roderick Johnson Yeah, it takes in there. more wittiness, maybe yeah. a little more. Look into it a little bit. Exactly. Was his name listed as Rod or Roderick? That uh, might have been it. It was Roderick, but... Uh-oh, yeah. 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 Not an even playing field there. Well, I'll tell you what, he's going up against a guy that should have been in the tournament, Mark. Should have been in the real tournament. What Maybe a he... one seed that wasn't in for us. He got left out? He got left out. I think Russian hackers got him. Well, they're doing everything these days, so I'm not surprised. Well, they got us, and they got Forrest Lamp. Oh, my God. Yeah, number they one They affected seed the election, the gang. They, they... The Russian hackers affected the election after all. After all the goddamn congressional hearings and all the bullshit... The Russian hackers truly did affect the election. They really did. But I'll tell you what, Forrest Lamp at least got a consolation prize because he's the NIT winner for us. Beating Mike Tyson. Knocking out Mike. America wins again, Ben. Yeah. It, it's lonely at the top, isn't it? We prevail, man. Yeah, man. World War One and World War II back-to-back -back champions. Yeah, man. Gotta love that. And with that being said, the Packers pick is in. And I, I like this pick, guys. I like this kid. Don't let the name fool you. Don't let it think it's a legacy pick or anything weird like that. This kid could play. He's an athlete and a hard hitter and a bulldog. Wisconsin linebacker, T.J. Watt. Of course, the brother, J.J. Watt. Uh, physical specimen. The whole family, extremely gifted, man. That's a hell of a pick for the Packers this late in the first round. The Pittsburgh Steelers are now on the clock. Oh, boy. All right, folks, on the Mark VIP listeners, we've got a very special treat for you right now on the Skyfall Hotline, live from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, my esteemed colleague and co-host, the legendary Tony Nicky Jr., Ah, yeah, legendary that guy is. Tony, how's everything going out in Vegas, man? We miss you here at Skyfall. I miss you. I don't miss the weather, man. It's beautiful out here, but nice. Good. Hope you're dodging the snow and all. Yeah, yeah, but, we're, uh, we'll, we're, we're making it out. 
Good, good. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun out here, man. You know I love to catch the Bellagio come tournament time, man. Great time of the year to be out here. How uh, how are you faring so far in this uh, tournament, and what do you got – what do you got lined up this weekend with the Elite Eight, Sweet 16? I'll tell you what, man. It started out really nice. It started out really nice. I got a little bit hurt in the uh, Sunday nightcap. Duke was painful. I'm not going to lie. That's a team that I had going a long way. Against a whack South Carolina team. Props to Martin. Props to the kids of South Carolina for really uh, beating Duke in a spot that they struggle on the glass and uh, taking advantage. But that was a Duke team that I really liked to make a run. Yes. Uh, that being said, had some nice action in that second round. That uh, that Wisconsin team, I loved, man. Eight seed going into Nova. Yeah, great no- value at six points. Nova was in trouble as soon as that region was uh, released, man. He, uh, they, uh, yeah. for, for a true number one, they got a raw deal. Tone that Wisconsin program is strong, even even after losing uh, Chester's own. Lost some big names. Lost Decker, lost Kamitsky over the last couple of years. Oh, sure. Here's sure. a Wisconsin team that really reloads. I love Nigel Hayes. You know, they started 10-1 in the Big Ten. It's a scary team. They fell a little bit down the stretch when uh, the senior guard, Tony, was hurt. But he's back. He's healthy. He's looked phenomenal. They played great against that Villanova team. Here's a team that can defend and also stretch the court. Still great around the perimeter. Love this Wisconsin team. The sleeper, I would say, remaining in this tournament. They can really make some noise. With Duke falling out of that bracket, now you're sitting there. If you get by Florida, who lost one of their big men down low, not rebounding the same way, you get by them, all of a sudden, you're going to run into South Carolina or a Baylor team that's still Baylor to get into the Final Four. This Wisconsin team can make a lot of noise. Love them down the stretch. Okay, okay, and I hope our listeners are taking note to that one. Um, Any other team you like right now besides Wisconsin? I'll tell you what, man. One of the reasons I ended up even this last week, it was I said all week, I said, you know, stick with the uh, stick with the dogs. And I ended up going chalk, and I got into some trouble. But I really think in this Sweet 16, it's going to be a lot of nice chalk money. I think the good teams keep going. Kansas gets essentially a home game against a good Purdue team, but I don't see how Kansas falls there. I like North Carolina to continue to roll. I think Arizona gets a great draw with the Xavier team who lost one of the best point guards in the country early in the season. So I really like Arizona to take advantage there. I think you get a little bit more chalk, a little bit of those one-two seeds continue to move on into the Elite Eight, and then, and then we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, you, you know, there, I, I still like the ones. I still like North Carolina. I still like Kansas to make some noise in this thing. All right, all right. Beautiful. I love the update. I love the update. What's the scene like in that Bellagio Sportsbook? What's the scene like in Vegas right now? They were kind of a little quieter here on this Monday, Tuesday, but, man, was it rocking over the weekend. A lot of fun. I expect it to be, uh, to be kicking starting Thursday, man. Okay, yeah, I, I can only imagine, man. I, I wish I was out there with you. Um, you know we got this whole mock draft thing going on, and we know you got some sources within uh, – Within the Steelers organization, um, who does it look like they're leaning towards at 30 if the board falls the way they want it to fall? We know it's hard to project such a late first-round pick. Yeah, it is, and I know you told me a couple guys that went. It's funny. The guy, I'm not going to say I necessarily wanted him. I'm not a huge Pac-12 guy, but my sources, I've been hearing some things with the Steelers, Roethlisberger. All of a sudden, talk of retirement, hitting it possibly, coming down to the end. And I'm hearing things of Davis Webb 
Kale kid. And, and again, I'm not a Pac-12 quarterback guy. I wasn't on Jared Goff at all. This is a Cal team. For me, I want a winner at quarterback. That's just me personally. This is a Cal team that hasn't won many games. But that being said, Davis Webb, very impressive combine. Here's a big physical specimen. Guy can run a little bit. Big, powerful arm. Like I said, looked really good at the combine. Here's a guy that can remind you a little bit of Roethlisberger as far as the size, as far as being able to escape the pocket, a playmaker. Um, and, again, not necessarily a guy that I love here, but I'm hearing the Steelers. Here's a guy that could develop for a couple years under Roethlisberger, and he might be the way that they go here. Go quarterback and uh, let him sit and watch uh, watch the gun of Roethlisberger for a couple years. Yeah, look, he, he's, got, uh, he's got the arm strength, he's got the prototypical size, and he's got a real strong demeanor, a lot of leadership qualities. That, let's be honest, right here at Skyfall last year, this time, we were saying we didn't think Jared Goff had any of that. No, I thought he was a huge problem. Like I said, man, I don't know how you sit with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz in a room, and without seeing any tape, I don't know how you go Goff there, man. An immature mind. This Davis Webb, I don't think is like you said. I don't think he's like that at all. This is a leader. Um, and, and you know what? Pittsburgh's a great organization to go to. If you want some place to learn, I don't think there's a better place you can go. There we go. Folks, there you have it. Tony Nicky Jr. on the Skyfall Hotline. Tony, we will be touching base with you again very shortly. Uh, looking forward to getting you back to Skyfall and uh, throwing one of those parties at your beautiful beach house over there in Margate, New Jersey. Ah, uh, yeah. Summer's, uh, we'll be back there soon, man. Summer's coming up, man. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Tony. Hey, be safe. Let me know if you need anything. I'll, uh, I'll send Benny out there with a, with a gift package for you. Ah, perfect. All right, guys. God bless you. Now, something that uh, my colleague and uh, myself discussed earlier, I know he was strapped for time. I didn't want to keep him on the line much longer. But, folks, the Las Vegas Raiders is now a reality, and it is happening, and it's going to be confirmed this Monday at the owners' meeting in Phoenix. Uh, Jason LaCanfora reported earlier, Mark Davis will get the 24 votes he needs. If it's going to a vote, that's because the votes are there. If my guy is going to vote for it, then this team is moving. And that was a quote from an NFL executive. Also, the NFL is giving the Raiders a break on the relocation fee. It's going to be anywhere between $325 and $375 million which is well short of the $500 million the Chargers and Rams paid, and that is because the Raiders are going to a smaller market than L.A. It's pretty uh, surreal that this is happening for sure, but uh, Ian Rappaport, Jason LaCanfora, a lot of the names on the Mark podcast, all reporting. This is a done deal, folks. Monday is just like a go-through-the-motions formality. Uh... The only wild card is how soon do they go to Vegas? Time will tell. The story will continue to unfold. But the Las Vegas Raiders is now reality. The Atlanta Falcons are now on the clock. The Atlanta Falcons blew a 28-3 lead. And with the Falcons pick, they select Obi. Melifanawalu, safety, UConn. Let me tell you what, folks. This kid's 6'4", ran a 4'4 flat at the combine. That's hu- huge size for that speed. 
Uh, surefire first round pick. Not a lot of mocks have in the first round right now. Very good chance he goes even higher than this. Uh, kid's a specimen. Kid's a total specimen. A uh, little bit raw, but a coachable kid. And um, man, he's uh, he's got all the intangibles. Who fucking cares who they pick, Mark? They blew a twenty-eight to three lead. That's right, gang. Never forget that. Falcons blew a twenty-eight to three lead. The Indians blew a three-three-one lead, and the Warriors blew a three-one lead. The Indians are the only one I lost money on. Just let that sink in, gang. And I didn't bet money on the Indians until going into extra innings. Ugh. Uh, An in gamer. Yep. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't. Much. Bad beats happen. Maybe we'll get a. Uh, Scott Van Pelt to talk about the bad beat with Stanford Steve. ESPN doesn't do much right, but the SVP Sports Center ain't bad. Agreed. I love SVP. He's my guy. Orioles fan, man. You know, we're we're not we're not total haters, guys. We'll uh we'll give credit where it's due. Yeah, Stanford Steve's awesome too. Yeah, love Stan- both of them. Stanford Steve Steve's a great dude too. Good info, good unique information coming out of ESPN, which is really rare. I miss SVP and Rosello, I gotta say. Yeah, sure, sure. The New Orleans Saints are on the clock again to finish up the uh, first round here, gang, in the 2017 on-the-mark mock draft. Benny, why don't you hit us now with the final tally of the, what was it, 10-team bracket for the 2017 funny NFL draft names. Well, the finals was obviously Taco Charlton versus Buddha. Baker. Which one do you like, Mark? Taco's insane. I've never heard that for a first name. And I, I like the last name Charlton, as I said earlier. I just think the name Buddha Baker, maybe because of the double B, maybe because like the words kind of feel like they go together. Buddha was fat. Bakers bake cake and bread and that make you fat. Uh, I'm going Buddha Baker. Yeah, the audience agreed with you. I do too. It just flows. Yeah. It just works. I think he's going to be a big-time player, too. Absolutely. I could see the Cowboys taking him. Sure. Uh, I could see uh, quite a few teams taking him. I've seen him as, as high as 18. I know uh, I know scouts around the league like him and are intrigued by him. He's a hell of a player, man. And with the 32nd overall pick, the New Orleans Saints select. Ha-ha! <laughs> there you have it, gang. Buddha. Baker. Oh, it all works out. Life comes full circle, don't it, Benny? Absolutely. My God. Boy, that was a lot of picks. Yeah, 32 of them. That was a lot of uh, that was a lot of stuff. That was good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I think we nailed it. And I'll tell you what, on the, on the other end of it, we couldn't do it without our on-the-mark NFL insiders, all our guys across the country. We appreciate the time you took to call in the show out of your busy schedules. Not to mention in the wee hours of the morning right now, we know you uh, you guys like to get your party on, so that's okay because we do too. Skyfall Studios hasn't been the same without Tony Nicky Jr., but uh, we're doing our thing like always. We promise you that. And, and the war on ESPN is just beginning, folks. This is uh, on the mark, the anti-ESPN. T-shirts will be coming soon. Hoodies will be coming soon. Hats will be coming soon. Gym towels. Matchbooks. 
will be coming soon. We'll keep you totally updated on that. Please follow us on Twitter at OnTheMarkCast. It's Mark with a C. Don't forget to do that, guys. A lot of good breaking news on our Twitter accounts through the sources that our NFL insiders have. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Benny, it's been a nice night, man. The conversation. Was the conversation what you thought it'd be? You know, at points it was. At points it wasn't. I think overall we really had fun tonight, though. Yeah, we did. We did. And just to say this, folks, we'll put it out there right now because we did it last year. Man, the Pats are a super team. They are winning the offseason right now by a landslide. Uh, they're scary good. The fact that they brought Hightower back is insane to me. Uh, you thought he was gone. They brought in so many other nice pieces. Cooks is just going to take the top off for Edelman, Amendola, and Hogan, and Gronk to do their thing. Marky, I already got money on them to win it all. Yeah. That's w- no lie. Would you say we're on a path right now for uh, a collision course for Pats, Raiders, AFC Championship game at Foxborough, at Gillette? I think for the next three or four years. Yeah, I do too. Almost like the old Raiders-Steelers matchups of the 70s. Or Patriots-Colts. Oh, uh, sure, way more Early recent. 2000s. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, man, me too. It's going to be fun. And we'll, we have plenty of time to get into that. Plenty. Plenty of time. Benny, I wish you could play the Nick Saban clip because, man, did he say it all regarding the modern-day media. And he even got a little more insane uh Man, folks, if you haven't heard the Nick Saban flip-out press conference... I don't know where you came up with, we're going to go to ball control. That's not what we do. I mean, New England Patriots threw the ball over 60-some percent of the time, which is more than we threw it. So where does that assumption come from? Or do you do what everybody else in the media does, just create some shit and throw it on the wall and see what sticks, which is what I see happening everywhere. Same thing with you. We're going to be more conservative now in ball control offense. Where'd that come from? I never said that. Nobody in this building ever said that. So where'd you come up with that? Just, you know, had a dream about it or what? If we'd have caught some passes in the national championship game, we had guys open, we, we wouldn't have had to control the ball. We'd have scored more touchdowns. You know, maybe flip out strong, but it's good stuff, guys. You will laugh. He is the man. Nick Saban is incredibly cool. I absolutely love Nick Saban, especially when he gets all flustered with these reporters. But I got to say, I feel like Nick Saban's reality is like living in a Twilight Zone episode. And if you had to live the last five or six whatever years it's been in that Twilight Zone episode, you'd probably start getting a little nutty, too. Yeah, that's right. So I'm sure it's not as easy to live in that Alabama town and be the god of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the god of the section of a country. God of the SEC, that's for damn sure. God of college football. Yeah, if they lose a quarter, <laughs> people are dissatisfied, yeah. not satisfied. Man, I uh, I, I want to see him back in the NFL one more time. I, I just don't know. I think his wife is the total opposite of him and loves the whole town and loves uh, being queen of the town, and I don't think she's ever leaving. Yeah, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess that could happen. He's just, you know... He's, he's, he's an amazing coach, man. I, I really think, I mean, if he got Drew Brees in Miami, the, the team trainers in Miami said no on Drew Brees. They did not sign off on him. Sure. Look, if, if Nick Saban gets Drew Brees, I think the Dolphins are winning that Super Bowl, not the Saints. Well, I don't think the Dolphins are winning any Super Bowl, but that's neither here or there. I do think that the Dolphins 
would have been much better than the per- Dolphins. Right, were they would in have been perennial time. contenders. Absolutely, I think Drew Brees would have definitely improved them over that time. Right, right, because you got to keep in mind, you know, this just hit me. He would have been going up against Roethlisberger in his mm-hmm. prime, Manning in his prime, Brady in his prime, Rivers in his prime. Uh, so yeah, look, there's no guarantees there, but Saban would still be in the NFL. And Drew Brees would probably still be his quarterback in Miami to this day. He would have been in the NFL longer than he was in the NFL this time. Yeah, yeah, but short-lived, Still. Man. Short-lived for a guy who's going to be remembered as one of the greatest American football coaches of all time. Absolutely, especially college-wise. Yeah, of course. He'll be the name you mentioned. Yeah. He'll essentially be the in years to come. He's made Alabama forget about Bear Bryant. Exactly. Think Mind, about that. Mind-blowing. Think about that a decade ago. Folks, just let that sink in. Yes. Nick Saban has let college football in general yeah. kind of forget about, about Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant. Like. The god of college football for 100 years. I know. And vanishes I, just overnight. so iconic. Yeah. Vanishes. Unbelievable. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. Well, VIP listeners, we truly, truly hope you enjoyed this mock draft off-season episode of On The Mark, The Conversation. Uh, it's been fun, man. Uh, you know, crazy, crazy off-season so far. And it's going to get a little wilder because there's still some free agent chips to fall. Benny, do you, do you agree with that? There's well, still some absolutely. major chips to fall. Yeah, big names. Adrian Peterson. Jamal uh, Charles. Yeah, Garrett Blunt. I could go on for a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, three running backs are obvious, but... Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of names out there. There's still some good players. Yep. Still got the draft. It's very exciting time. Yeah, it is. It's good stuff. Plus, and you got March Madness. The of end course. Of, it. of course. It's been good, man. But with that being said, gang, as I look at the walls here at Skyfall Studios and I see that clock hour move, I know we've reached the bewitching hour. So, for all of us here at Skyfall Studios, my esteemed colleague and producer, Benny the Bear Jew Spielberg, all our interns, our house pets, and all that good stuff. Good night, cruel world. <laughs>